welcome to the 264th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on December 21st, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway, I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's ready to count them down, Carlos Rodella. Let's go for game of the year time. It is that time indeed, sir. It is the big, the I think ostensibly the biggest show we do every year. I think it probably gets the most listeners, the one people are most excited about. I'm excited. Are I'm excited? excited. I'm excited. Yeah, and you're I'm right. Super. Like every time uh, we look at the stats, it's like this is the one that gets the most uh, listens. So uh, yeah, pretty excited. It's it's nice, you know, you're looking back at a whole year, the highlights, the lowlights. A lot of stuff happened this year in 2021. I mean, it's not quite over, but just about. And boy, what a roller coaster on so many levels, right? I know. And what helped us get through all of 2021, video games. Absolutely. Um, and Absolutely. we did play, you know, I think all the ones that came out this year. So what better time to talk about the games we played? Exactly so, exactly so. And to that end, um, there is a lot to talk about. So we're going to skip our usual housekeeping, folks. Uh, in case you haven't figured out, this is the Game of the Year show where we are going to count my top 10, Carlos's top 10. We're going to do uh, listener picks, and we're also going to do some other categories as well. Before we get to that content, though, I did get some interesting stats in an email that I wanted to share uh, with you, the listeners. And actually, this is the first time Carlos is hearing these as well. Um, so in summary, if I, I'm not sure exactly. I think it was Spotify or maybe it was one of the other podcast hosting places that uh, So Video Games is on. They said that in the year 2021, it was the first time ever that someone in a particular set of foreign countries had listened to our show. I'll give you the list. First time ever for Iceland, Poland, uh, Estonia, El Salvador, and Honduras. So thank you all to those people living in those countries who downloaded our show for the very first time ever. Thank you. And also, let's go visit. Well, maybe Absolutely. not Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if you got a couch, let us know. Maybe when COVID's over. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the show also grew 85% in 2021. That's Whoa, amazing. Oh, that's a big number. That is a real big number. I'm very excited. So that's great growth. Also, um, something that I feel like is, is wonderful. Nine people in the world, somewhere, these nine people, we were their number one podcast for the entire year. So like, we were like the most listened to, the most regular these people were our super fans. Now, unfortunately, they don't give us the name of these people. I know that one of them is uh, John from Gaming in the Wild, so thank you, sir. He's probably also a person in Iceland. But to those eight other people who I don't know who you are, but clearly you're listening to the show, uh, send us an email. Let us know who you are. I would love to talk to you and say, hey, give a shout out on the show. That's very nice. Feel honored. Uh, also, turns out that 38% of people who listen to So Video Games Listen between the hours of 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. So maybe we're getting some people through the workday, perhaps. Ah, yes. Yeah, I know a lot of people. Uh, I know a lot of people like listen to stuff as they're doing some work. So uh, maybe you're out there uh, delivering mail. Wink, wink. Uh, or maybe you're out there at the Amazon warehouse. Or maybe you're out flipping burgers. Or maybe you're out. I don't know, saving lives in a hospital. Who knows what you're doing? But you're listening to so video games, and I think that's awesome. Thank you very much. Oh, by the and, way, I will say yeah. real quick because I had yeah. a day job where I did a lot of data entry once, and so a lot of times people are listening to podcasts while they're like working on computers. So there you go. Uh, hello from there too. There you go. And a final wrap up stat. Uh, apparently, we put out 43 episodes in the year, which I think is pretty darn good. And we put out a total of 4,120 minutes of top-quality AAA content. Whoa. 
That's a lot of hours. We talked a lot. That's a, I don't. I you know I should have done the division to see how many hours that was. I didn't think about that. But that's a lot of minutes. I'm sure it's a lot of hours, and it's a lot of us talking. It's a lot so of those days. Are, those are I think neat. it comes out to be at this <laughs> it point. It could be days. It yeah. could be days. So interesting stats. I thought that was kind of neat. Wanted to share that with you and the listeners. So there we go. Good cool. year 2021 in that respect. Hopefully it will keep on strong in 2022. And um, I say let's probably just get right down to it. Carlos, you ready to do this thing? Let's do it. And by the way, I just remembered. Uh, I was going to tell you this when you first announced the beginning of the podcast. Here it's 2121 right now. It is. It is December 21, and it's 2021. That's really weird. So maybe that means something special for this cosmic episode of Game of the Year. Let's it's get it. It's a great conjunction it. up in the stars. Yep. I know we're getting that cosmic energy down here. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's get right to it. We're going to skip housekeeping this week because we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. And I said, let's just do it. We're going to start with our uh, a group of awards that not related directly to the top 10, but these are games we wanted to talk about where maybe they were close but didn't quite make the top 10, or maybe they were notorious for a reason or another or maybe we just wanted to give a special spotlight to somebody for whatever reason so we've got looks like i don't know four or five different awards here we're going to start with you carlos and we want to talk about what was the best game you played this year that was not released in 2021 okay let's see i have a couple um i will say one that we both know uh i'm sure that you uh, remember this as well but both you and i in 2021 went back and played days gone Oh, man, that is absolutely one of my picks. Yes, because we had forgotten about it or something, and we kept wanting to go back to it, and we spent, I don't know, four episodes of the podcast talking about it. At least four episodes. Like, we spent, like, an entire quarter of the year talking about it. And we did a spoiler cast. God, we did. We We really did. did. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Days Gone definitely is probably one, and it's also for you. Yes. Um, The other one, though, has got to be Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. Oh, gosh, you know, I feel like that game's kind of in a time warp. It did come out last year, 2020, correct? I think so. You know, I don't even know now, but I think it's only been a year or so. So it's not, it didn't come out in 2021, so it must have come out in 2020. And I was so super excited. I played it and beat it, like, early on. But then all the way this year, if you look back at their podcast, which I did, I mentioned a lot. Like, I'm talking about it all the time, which means I played DLC, I played... Well, not real DLC. You were giving like patch notes and shit, dude. Like you were over like every little update that came out. I was like, okay, this is an episode we're doing on a random day. And uh, I'm going to talk about patch 0.324. And I'm really excited. Let's talk about it. That is literally what we did for sure. Yeah. So Cyberpunk 27.7 and Days Gone are my picks. Excellent. Those are good picks. I share Days Gone as well. That's a great game. Man, I love that game so much. I do too. Um, We talked about it a bunch. Go back and list those episodes if you want. The other game that I selected that was not from 2021 for me was Leap of Fate. Uh, This was a top-down, kind of a roguelike, but it had some pretty good progression. Uh, Multiple different characters that kind of had like different abilities. Um, Really action-packed, and I felt like just the systems were really smart. The progression was good. The characters all felt very different. And going through with your starter character felt very different from the third character. A lot of good uh, little twists to the story. And uh, the best thing about it was like you could do an entire run like in 45 minutes or so. So it's perfect for just jumping in, get a good session in, appreciate the differences of the characters, and then get back out. You feel like you did something good. feel yep. like you had a good session. I love that in and out. And you feel like you just put a bow on it. You don't feel like you're leaving something hanging. Didn't have to save or remember where I left off and come back. It's just like good, clean bite-sized well done play leap of fate i played it on ps5 i think it's available on basically everything though great game yep that's a good one all right that is our best game not from 2021 next category now this one hurts 
this one hurts my heart, but it's, it is what it is. And just real life is a thing. So this category is the wish I had more time to play it category. So I think it's probably pretty safe to say that we liked these games, but for one reason or another, didn't have enough time to really, you know, put them through their paces, or we just had to, you know, I don't know, play something else for the show or who knows what, I mean, life happens, right? So Carlos, what did you wish you had more time to play in 2021. Well, first I have to preface this by saying I have all the time in the world because I don't have a real job and I'm freelancing and I'm a starving artist. So it's not that I don't really have the time, but it's more like you get playing other games, like you said. Uh, maybe it's like arduous because it's such a huge game and the hours just seem like it's going to take you forever to beat it. I feel like that's another kind of mini subsection of this award. Yeah, um, yeah. But I have two answers for that anyhow. So the first answer is uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Because oh. while I beat that game, and it's, I think, way too long for the single-player campaign, there's so much DLC. You know, just like when you and I get that conundrum with Assassin's Creed Odyssey, um, we could play that forever. And you did. Oh, yeah. You know? I did. They just actually just released some brand new DLC oh. for it, like, literally, like, two days ago. Right. And I think it's a crossover with Valhalla. It, 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 yeah, with uh, with Odyssey and Valhalla crossover. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, oh my god, like I, I'm tempted. See, because I love I love Odyssey and I want to get back in there. But at the same time, I haven't touched it in like six months. I wouldn't even know what I was even doing. So I'm uh, gonna probably let it go. But. Well, I'm gonna put that as the award because it is a great game and the action is really good and the 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 battles actually feel weight weighty if that's a word. Yeah, it is. Um, and yeah, I just love you know Vikings and stuff. And if you like Vikings and kind of RPG RPG elements. Um, it's really great for that. So I love the game. I love the campaign. It just got too much stuff in it for me to do. Um, but I also have a second answer and this is interesting cause I'm going to rectify this situation. Okay. So the, the answer is Biomutant. Remember that oh, game? Oh, Biomutant. Yeah, boy. Yeah. I do remember that one. Yes. Now I enjoyed it. And that's one of those cases where I bounced because it was fun enough, but I had like a bunch of other stuff I was playing. Sure. And it did seem like an epic, epic RPG. It's going to take a long time. But I'm rectifying because I just re-downloaded it. Oh, nice. I'm going to jump back in. You got to start fresh or you're going to pick up where you left no, off? No, pick up where I left off. It, it's not a lot of story. It's not heavy on story. Um, and you can watch, I think, like the flashbacks or something. So I'm just going to go back, watch the flashbacks. And over the holiday break, I think I'm going to jump into it. But Excellent. It, 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 if you don't remember, it's just like this uh, RPG, action RPG, where you play a little creature. Uh, you're not a human. You're like a little animal creature. It's kind of rodent or something. Yeah, yeah. And you can customize your rodent abilities. and uh, But at the same time, at the heart of it, it's a great fun, in my opinion, action RPG. Uh, I don't think you cared for it or didn't even pick it up, right? I did. I uh, know. I did get. I did play, I think, uh, Gamefly sent it to me or something. It wasn't my jam exactly. I felt like it was um, kind of a known quantity. Like I thought it was well done for what it was, but it just wasn't what I was in the mood for at that time. And it wasn't uh light my world on fire, but it was very cute. I love the fur effects. And uh, a lot of people really liked that one this year. Yeah. I just like the fighting. So I think I'm going to go back for the fighting and I didn't spend enough time with it. So that's what I'm doing. Excellent. Excellent. So I had like way too many games to, <laughs> to even pick for this. Oh category. yeah. You're insane. You have like a back I mean, catalog forever. You know? Yeah. I've got like backlog forever and it just, it breaks my heart too, because a lot of these games are just really, really, really good. And even in the sense of like, usually I do that December rush where I'm like, oh, I got like 10 games left for my game of the year consideration. I got to play them all. And I just, man, this life is just beating me down this year. Like too many real life things going on on top of COVID happening and just like this, that and the other. So I just I just didn't really like 
turn on the nitrous and boost to the finish line this year. So I have more than usual uh, regrets. And I'll tell you what I have here. This is, this is a terrible list because these are all amazing games. Disco Elysium did not finish Disco Elysium. Really wanted to finish that one. Um, Hitman 3. I'm like one oh. of the biggest fans of Hitman. I just didn't have time for it. But that one isn't more in short burst. Usually you can do that I mean, pretty short. It can be, but I noticed what was happening was I would jump in. I would learn a level and then I'd have to go do something else or play a game for the show or do something for game critics. I'd come back and then I had forgotten the details of the level. So I, it was like I was starting fresh every time I came back to it. And I just could not remember what I was doing. I didn't even make it. Oh, man. It was embarrassing. Well, you know what you do in that situation, by the way, not to get uh, deep dive into it, but um, you'd use brute force. That's how you beat the level, if you forgot. <laughs> That's what I did. I just, like, just, shot people. Just shoot everybody. Yeah, yeah. It, so, just, it works. <laughs> Hitman 3. Really, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that for sure. Uh, Lake is one that I really oh, wanted to get to. Oh, it's on Game Pass right now, too. You know, I would have played it at the time, but I heard that there was technical difficulties. I wanted to wait until it was running smooth. I heard that it's running smooth, and now I don't have time to play it. So I would have played it at the time, but I'm going to have to play it at some point next year. Uh, really wanted to play Inscription. I don't usually play PC oh, games, yeah. but like everybody was saying the game was killer and I should check into it. And I bought it. I have it. Um, I just need to like, I mean, making time for games is tough. Making time for PC games is like double tough for me. Um, so Inscription. Also, I wanted to play Sable. I was very excited about Sable. It came to Game oh, Pass. Oh, that's right. My goodness. How long is this list? <laughs> I only got one more. One more. Okay, these, are okay. all, these are all heartbreakers. And the last one. They are. Su- the last one, Subnautica Below Zero. Like Subnautica oh. was almost my game of the year when it came out. I love Subnautica. And I was so psyched for Below Zero. And again, I think it came out. It had some technical issues. I was going to wait for it to get patched. And then life happens and it just got shelved, man. It's like. I got to circle back to that six months after release to get the best experience, but I just, I just, I just didn't circle back this year. Yeah. Well, now we have a little bit of time during the holiday break. I would think, at least for you, I don't know your life, but you have like four minutes every day. But um, thank you for reminding me of Lake. I'm putting that back on my list as well. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna. This is like the stuff I just read through are like all my top top games I want to get to. So the first minute I get that's free. Uh, during this next, you know, the the first quarter slowdown after the holidays, I'm gonna hit one of these games. So yeah. We'll be talking about these things pretty soon excuse me all right next category this is a good category indie of the year i believe this is one that you suggested carlos yes i did i so many to choose from so many to choose from i'm gonna let you go first how many picks do you have for indie of the year i have two i yeah there's no way to do one pick for any of these i just feel like it's good we played so many games too many so um and you do not want to see my honorable mention list i'm so i'm sorry i'm apologizing in advance yeah same same. okay okay yours is too big um still stand uh remember the the graphic novel adventure Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I knew that was going to be on my list, uh, at least for one of these awards, because when I played it, I was just so blown away by what a unique experience it was. It's not really like blowing the doors off anything when it comes to totally novel ideas, because it's just, well, a graphic novel, essentially. Right. You know, you're kind of like watch playing it. But the way they did the controls, uh, if, if you remember, it's like a black and white you know, graphic novel, essentially, of a woman who's kind of going through depression and trying to figure out life. And you move things around in the screen and you move, you know, pieces of the puzzle and and uh, basically do like dialogue, but with the controller. It's really interesting how they do the controls. Um, but you are essentially watching this kind of choose your own adventure experience. And it's just awesome. It's weird and awesome. Excellent. Yeah, I looked at that one. I think I wish listed, but I haven't got around to it yet. It looks it's good super though. quick, too. Yeah, it's not too long. Uh, the other one has to be Wilder Myth. 
Oh, man, a lot of people are loving that one this year. Yeah, I found it because, if you remember the episode of the podcast, I, f- I bought a PC uh, gamer magazine, an actual yes. magazine. actual physical magazine, Dead yes. Tree. Yes, and that magazine, or piece of a Dead Tree, uh, told me about Wilder Myth, and I would have never like found out about it. And basically, it's an RPG that uses procedural generation, but even within the storytelling. So while it's semi-broken or let's just say not good enough with the AI yet. Uh, It's a tactical turn-based RPG, but when you hear the story elements, it's all like procedurally AI-driven. So it gets a little clunky, but it's also fascinating because you know me and AI. Uh, I'm really excited about anything that tries that stuff. So yeah, I love it for what it does, and it it doesn't sound normal sometimes when it does the dialogue, but I know that my story is unique to me in like such a specific way. It's Pretty so cool. cool. Yeah. I've heard lots and lots of people say they're really excited about that one. I don't know if it's ever going to come to console, uh, but it does seem very fascinating, like you said, from the generation aspects, uh, procedural generation, and, and just for what it's doing. I mean, it seems like it's trying something genuinely new and different, which has to be celebrated. So Yeah, right especially with AI. And by the way, real quick, honorable mention, on top of that, uh, just because it's the same thing, AI Dungeon. Um, oh yeah, I don't even think he's indie anymore. I mean, he's there's just like one or two people I think working on it, but uh, it's just amazing what he's doing with AI and and um, a text adventure as well. Awesome. All right, cool. Good picks. Good picks. Um, for my indie of the year, I got three quickies. Um, I do have to give a shout out to Death Crown, which is a top down, super micro scaled RTS, uh, super fast, super brutal. It's got this real like I don't know like heavy metal like black and white vibe. Um, I just had the best time with it. It came out of nowhere. It was really strange and bizarre. Everything about it feels really offbeat and crazy. Uh, and I just had a great time. That was a game. I think I beat it like three times in a row. And I just, I never do that with games. I never go back and replay games, but that one really grabbed me. I think it's really worth, uh, really worth a look. I love death crown. Uh, also really loved heavenly bodies. This was kind of like a last minute entry playing it on PS five. Oh, you just played that. You just played that. Yeah. I just talked about it like last week or the week before where you're an astronaut in space and you have, you know, kind of like spacey zero G, uh, you know, mechanics and, and gravity and stuff. And you're trying to like do various tasks on a ship, like harvest minerals from an asteroid. You're trying to refuel your generator, planting plants in a little space terrarium or whatever. I mean, you're doing all these different things and it's kind of like Octodad sort of where you're kind of fighting the physics the whole time. Uh, and not quite as like wacky and crazy as that because it's all in 2d. So it's not as hard, uh, but that same kind of vibe where it's kind of serious, but it's kind of goofy. And it's just, the missions are really well done. I think it's really fascinating. It's a really short play, too. You can beat the whole thing in maybe three or four hours, which I think is awesome. Um, so I really appreciate that. Also, the last one I want to call out really quickly is Wanna Survive. This is a 2D turn-based uh, zombie survival strategy. I talked about it way at the beginning of the year. I know. I was going to say, uh, I do not remember that on the podcast at all. Yeah, we talked about it a lot, like, at the beginning of 2021. You start off with a like a regular dude and you pick up different kinds of people. You pick up like a dog, you pick up the old man with the sniper rifle, you pick up the lady who can heal, but she's also got a pistol. Like you pick up these like archetypes and you have to survive these very specific maps on your way to escape. It's hard as balls. Like it, it's it's way too hard, genuinely way too hard. But I think other than the difficulty curve, I think everything about it was really perfect and well done. Small bites has hmm. missions good character diversity, lots of like a good mix between straight up combat and straight up puzzling. It kind of like hit the middle of that zone. Um, graphics were really cute. Played it on the switch. It was a perfect fit of the switch too hard. I mean, I did finish it, but Holy crap. It was, it pushed me by max, but I still really liked it a lot. And if they like 
dialed back that difficulty just a notch, I would recommend this to like everybody. So want to survive was good times. All right. All right. Back to you, sir. Now, I know we're going to try to keep most of this positive. This is all about the best stuff of 2021. We're going to talk about our 10 favorite games in a minute here. But we do have to cover a little bit of the opposite side of that coin. The biggest disappointments of 2021. It could be this game just sucked. Or maybe you had really high hopes and this game didn't meet your hopes. Or maybe the developers took a game in a direction that you weren't anticipating. Or, you know, it could be any reason to be disappointed in something. But I want to know, Carlos, what were your biggest disappointments of 2021? Right. Well, first off, I didn't want to do this. Uh, and you then did, and I forced you. I forced you did you. force me. And then, because I'm, you know, if anything, I'm uh, super honest. But at the same time, uh, I said, okay, well, let's do it for the podcast. And I went and I found three. Ooh, so okay. So here we go. Even though I didn't want to do it, I did find three. And they're very, very obvious after I started going back through our podcast. Uh, the first one has got to be on your list. It has to be on your list. Let's see. And if it's not, I don't even know if I know you anymore. Uh-oh. 12 minutes. Oh, it's not on my list. <laughs> but you know it should be on your list. I do. It, it should be, and I'll tell you why it's not on my list. Everybody hated it so much that I didn't even bother playing it, and so I just kind of dodged that whole bullet. But if I had played it, it absolutely would have been on my list. Right. Sure. Okay. I, I, it could also be a disappointment just by you hearing me talk about it. Because remember, we were both very excited. <laughs> oh, and, we were, yeah. Yeah, and then I mentioned how you know rough it was, and I had all these problems with the, the gameplay, but also the story itself. Yes, yes And yes. Um, yeah, so anyways, and the real quick uh, tangent for that is I did go back to watch the endings because I had not had the, you know, if I was just too frustrated to finish. Did you watch it. them on YouTube or what? Yeah, on YouTube. Okay. And there's many different endings, and including some endings that don't finish the game, but I didn't get. You know how you can die a bunch of different ways. Yes, yes, yes. There's there's a positive ending, almost like a, remember Mortal Kombat had friendship. It's yes. A, it's a fate. It's a <laughs> instead of a fatality. Yes. There's like an ending where like it's lovey dovey and it's great, and you leave like you just leave the room, but then it comes back to the game again. And I was yeah. like, well, I didn't even get the good ending, which sent me back to the game. Anyways, I'm not going to spoil it, I guess. But there, I did find out the weird endings. Um, and yeah, it's just, a, it's just such a twisted, unusual plot, like at the very end when you find out what happened. Yeah. Um, and you're like, well, this is like not like fun to be these characters, <laughs> you know, like what, what the answer was. Anyways. Weird. Pretty pretty universally panned by people. Once they had gotten far enough in the story, I don't think I even saw one person who said they did a good job with the story. I think everybody agreed it was kind of a whiff this year. What's so weird though? Because not to, I don't want to go into it, but there's literally like a couple sentences they could have said differently, and it yeah. would have been okay. You know, like not yeah. as bad. Okay, so then the other one is Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. Oh man, that was a stinker. Yeah, that's another one that has no fans this year for because sure. Because I was pretty excited for action RPG at that moment. I really needed one, and that's you know me to a T. And that I'll, is you. I'll keep rhyming. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance was weird, generic, <clears throat> um, boring. At some point, um, just didn't feel like the playability that it kind of showed in the trailer. Uh, I don't know what that game is. And I just stopped playing and uninstalled it. And the other one, even to my chagrin, to much to my chagrin, uh, Balan Wonderland. Oh, that was just voted the worst game of the year by Metacritic. Wow. Okay. I, and like, I the, wanted... like the number one bottom of the absolute barrel. Wow. I wanted to give it credit. I did like the graphics. Um, you know, I like the the designers and stuff like that. Just wanted to like live in that world for an action platformer. But it was weird. It had one button for all the presses for all the action. You, you know, they were really uh, 
you know, stern on the idea that it was just going to be one button for everything. And that just limited it. Um, all the different suits that you wore were weird and didn't feel satisfying. And then, yeah, it was just, it made me feel bad. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't want to play this anymore. I feel unusual. I didn't like it. So there's, well, there's three out of nowhere. I got to just say, I mean, I'm sure that the people who worked on that game are all wonderful people. Um, but man, what a, what must that feel like to, to work hard on a game like that? You release it, and then at the end of the year, your game is voted the worst game out of all the games released that year. That's got to be a gut punch. You know what? It, it doesn't fully because I do know how games are made, and there's like a bazillion people on them, especially Ball in Wonderland or Bale in Wonderland. So, you know, you know what you did right. You know, and you know if the creative director or the, you know, designer or the whoever it is kind of dropped the ball. I mean, a lot of people dropped the ball, uh, but at the same time, I you know, I wouldn't feel too bad. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, I had a number of disappointments, and you know, oh I, no, wait a minute. This is like a. I feel like it's Brad Galloway. Is this going to be the rest of the podcast? No, no. It's going to be short because I do want to okay. get to the good stuff because that's what we're really here for. Okay. But like, I got to say, uh, probably the biggest – oh, man, there's a lot of really big disappointments. The first one that really got me was Jet the Far Shore. I was really oh, excited right. for this one. That's yeah, kind of one for me too because I didn't play it because you told me you were disappointed. Oh, man. And the crazy thing about that game is – Graphics are on point, styles on point. Like they're talking about indigenous people going to the stars. Very cool premise. And like, dude, like no, no shit. Like absolutely no shit. The first like ninety minutes is like a spiritual experience. It feels oh, like you are going it. to church. It is so fucking amazing. Like I got to the first ninety minutes, I'm like, oh man, game of the year, game of the year. This is crazy. And then you get to, <laughs> you get to the the rest of it, and you're like, oh man, what a calm down! And it was so bad. Like, it's so because bad. it's mainly the ship driving around getting resources, right? Like that's yeah, what I see in the reviews. Exactly. Like you're just wasting time flying around. People are talking to you, but you don't know what they're talking about. You don't know where you're supposed to be looking. The ship doesn't control very good. The controls are in general like like the ship doesn't fly well, but also your controls don't feel good either. And a lot of the stuff is kind of puzzly in a very like fake feeling way. I just, oh man, that first 90 minutes was like so fucking like, like just airtight, incredible. And then it just, it just completely falls apart when you actually have to like get into the meat of the game. They just, I feel like they just did not think that one through all the way. Mm. So that was a huge disappointment. Um, next disappointment, aliens fire team. We were, <laughs> a lot of people were waiting for the, the good aliens game. I, I was not a big fan of isolation. I know that's currently the best aliens game. Uh, not a big fan of isolation for various reasons. And I was like, okay, fire team, this makes sense, right? You're going to be colonial Marine, lots of cool guns, lots of cool gear for the movies, shooting a bunch of aliens, you know, kind of a left for dead sort of a thing. And it was just so boring level design was terrible progression was terrible character uh classes felt terrible i just it was so dull and i mean how do you take a, a license like aliens make it a, a, a team-based shooter which is like what it's all about in the movies and it's just oh just there's nothing there just like tedious to play like amazing it's interesting that you were even excited about that because i would not be but I mean, I just felt like this was finally going to be the time that they were going to nail it, right? So many bad Aliens games. Yeah. So many so many terrible Aliens games. And I feel like by the law of averages alone, this had to be the one that finally the universe came together on and got uh, it. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. All right, last one. Uh, I mentioned this uh, a while ago. It's Diablo 2. Diablo 2, the remaster. Oh, that's right. And I've been eyeballing it just because I'm so hungry for action RPGs, but oh, I should not man. eyeball it, correct? Do not eyeball it. Yeah. This was the one where I love this kind of like top-down loot sort of dungeon crawl game. 
And this was rubbed in my face for literally decades by people who play PC because they know I don't play PC. And all I heard for years was Diablo 2 is the best one ever of this kind of game. Best one ever. Best skill tree, best character classes, best loot, best, best, best. This is the best. Nothing's better than this. Like, like hearing it so often from literally everybody, right? And so here comes the remaster, and I'm like, fuck yes, finally, I'm going to get to play this. Felt like this giant hole in my library as a critic. Like, it's like, I feel like you kind of have to play it as a critic to really get your cred, right? And I'm like, this is one of those giant missed opportunities for me. So I'm like, yes, finally going to play this. And I played it, and I'm like, wow, were you guys blowing smoke up my ass? This was so fucking outdated and boring and clunky and just slow and just, uh, the skill trees are tiny, and there's already, like, optimal builds. Like, I heard somebody say... This is a quote unquote, a solved game. And by what, what they meant by that was for each character class, there is one optimal build. And if you don't build to that, well, then you're just not going to have the best character. Like there's not really any flexibility and either do it right or don't do it. And I don't want to play a game like that. I just, everything about it just felt so just, just done and over and boring. I mean, maybe this game was great back when it came out. I'm sure it was. Yeah. But like, man, we have come so far since then this game, 1000% did not hold up at all. Let me put an asterisk on that real quick because I did play it when it came out and it was great then. And again, games evolve and we sure. cover that on this show. Uh, so I think you were just set up for failure on that one a little bit because there's a little asterisk there because, you know, it's an old school game with some new paint on it. They didn't really mess with the controls at all because they wanted to keep it true to the original. So it was going to be hard for you to probably like love it anyhow, in my opinion. Right, you know, right. small defense, and because especially with Diablo three, when you have some of those move sets that are like much more oriented towards speed, right, and like rolling and stuff. Oh and, yeah. And two was like just stuck in the ground. You know, it's it's just really weird too. You know, I think it's one of those games where if you played it back then, you can see what was good about it and you have the love for it, and that's totally fine. But man, people holding it up as like the best one ever. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. It is. It's super just not. I mean, even Diablo three, the latest incarnation of Diablo three is like 10 times the game that this is. And yep. there's other, you know, uh, Path of Exile or there's other games out there that do everything this game does, but like 10 times better. So. I agree with you. All right. Moving on. That is the only negative thing we're going to talk about on the show. The rest of it is all positive love, warm fuzzies, et cetera, et cetera. It's all onwards and upwards from this point on. One final award before we get to our respective top tens. Carlos, I want to know what are your honorable mentions of 2021? What barely missed your top 10? What do we want to give a shout out to? This is a long list. I'll try to keep it short. Um, Well, by the way, Biomutant was originally on there, but now I'm going to rectify the situation and play it. So I did like it a lot. So I guess that's kind of on there. Um, now, because I have a long list, and I'm sure you do too, let's go quickly through these. Let's do it. Potion Craft, because it is really, really fun. I love it. It's basically like a simple making of potions game, and it's really fun. Lost in Random, it's basically Tim Burton uh, action game with a little bit of combat, and I'm still playing it, so I really, really like it. I think it's just aesthetically amazing. Um, Psychonauts 2. You know, I, t- I kind of raved out about it on the show, I think, a little bit. And I think it's just better Psychonauts, and I like it. So, you know, it's real close. Uh, I really did spend a lot of hours on that. Um, Apocalypse Gulf Wasteland. Mm-hmm. Both of us like that. Um, I don't know if it's on your list or not, but I just like how unique it was. And Golf it- Club Wasteland, right? Golf Club Wasteland? Apocalypse Golf Club Wasteland? I don't know. We should get the called. title right if it's kind of... Yeah, we should if it's on the Let's list. Get it. Let's see. I'm a- you keep talking. I'm okay. going to look it up. But I just like the fact that it was it was a golf game, but there was story told through radio, and then I convinced you to play it, and then you liked it. So it was a kind golf of Golf cool Club moment. Wasteland. That's what it is. Yeah, That's there the it is. Yep. 
and then just a couple more. Uh, Craftopia like took up a lot of time this year for me. It's a weird like how do I explain it? It's um you craft, but it's an like action RPG, and kind of feels like Genshin Impact. And yeah, yeah, I remember you remember? said you really liked this one a lot. I do remember this one? Yeah, it's super weird, and I still like pick it up sometimes. But for a while there, I just got lost in it, so it, it could have been a top ten. And then I got to put in, I hate doing this, but I'm going to put in The Ascent. Because, really? Okay, interesting. Well, think about it, because I, I played it to the very end. I'm like at the end boss, and I just keep eating shit. And I got so mad, I was like, fuck this game. But up until then, I, I was like blown away by the graphics. And I mean, it's visually stunning. And it was doing the cyberpunk world almost better than cyberpunk, you know, like when it's like livable, breathable yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. And the action was really fun. And then it just got to like a, what do you call it? Like a difficulty spike. It really did spike, yeah. Yeah, and then you're yeah. just like, why Why are you doing this? I, I can go back to it and see if they patched it. But like it, it, it was a really, really big, uh, you know, thing that I remember from 2021. So I have to put it on there. Man, it's funny. I, I kind of forgot that one existed. That could have easily been one of my biggest disappointments. I didn't add it to the list, but that was one I was really looking forward to. And I bounced off that one pretty hard. So I know you did. Yeah. So yeah anyways, that's, yeah. Some, that's, that's some of my uh, mentions. All right. I've got a bunch. I'll go through these really quickly. These are all really great games that I really enjoyed very much, but for one reason or another did not quite make the top 10. But these are all still gold stars. Uh, Minute of Islands. Uh, oh, 2D kind that was going to yeah. be on my list. Good job. Yeah, that was a good one. I really liked I love the story of that one. I think the gameplay was a little bit samey. It could have changed up a little bit more. It would have maybe made my top 10, but still worth playing. Absolutely loved Minute of Islands. Uh, loved The Longing. Fucking what a bizarre, torturous, crazy game that was. I mean, I was going to put that on my list so we can match because I knew you were going to put it on the list. Yeah, but it's not yeah. from this year. Oh, is it not from 2021? No, the, not at no, all. No, but the Switch port. The Switch port was. Oh, was it? Yep, the Switch port. That's where uh, I played it, so that, okay. that qualifies. Okay, okay Um. So, yeah, on Switch. I mean, I love that game. I kind of hated that game, but I still love the game. Very interesting. Worth mentioning, so I love the longing. Uh, Devil Slayer Roxasi on PS5. Really great top-down roguelike, which was fun to play. Great character classes. Really fast, bite-sized. I mean, it, it hit all the targets for me in terms of like what I want from a good roguelike. I think I just ended up um, putting it to the side because of whatever like other review responsibilities or something. So I didn't go all the way, but I really like that one a lot. Uh, Crying Sons played that on Switch. That's another sci-fi based roguelike. Really strong story component. Uh, ship to ship battles were done really well. Uh, I love the different character types you get and all the different random events that you got. Um, really good, really good fun sci-fi uh, roguelike that I didn't really hear anybody talking about. So I definitely want to give a thumbs up to Crying Sons. And the last one on my list, Little Nightmares 2. It came out like in February, so basically like an entire year ago. But I mean, it didn't like break ground in terms of what Little Nightmares number one brought, but it was just better, you know, like better yeah. graphics, better control, better puzzles. The story was also really good. Like the level design was really good. Creepy. I mean, it just it just did everything Little Nightmares did, which I loved. And just did it better. So from that perspective, I think it was really well done and great, worth a mention, but not quite enough to make my top ten. Yeah, it's so. popping up on a lot of lists I'm seeing recently. It's um, a good one. It's a good one. Before I leave, I actually forgot one more, which is Rustler. Remember Rustler? 
Oh, wrestler. <laughs> I can't believe you put that. I mean, well, I played that. It, it bugged out on me like in the first three minutes, and I just deleted it after that. Well, that's just a bug issue. But I played it for a while, and I played it on um, Steam or whatever. And I still like it. Like, just, just saying the name of it makes me want to go back and play it. But it's basically just GTA, but medieval. So yeah. you're you're yeah. stealing horses and stuff. And I don't know. It was a highlight. I think of, like, the animal mentions as highlights of the year, right? True, true. And there's Fair so enough. many games that we play that are just, like, forgettable. Um, so, yeah, I, I got to put that on my honorable mention. All right. Well, that only leaves the main event, the top 10 games of 2021. Although it's the top 10 you're going to get twice because I've got 10 and Carlos has 10. And listeners may remember that in last episode we had a little bit of a gentleman's bet going. Uh, I bet that Carlos and I were only going to have one game in common on our top 10. Carlos, you said, what was it, two? Oh, boy. I think I was wrong. I believe you said two. So it's going to be real interesting to see what happens. Uh, and, and it's an interesting bet because this year has been so diverse. So many different games, so many different types of games, so many different experiences. You know, as I was scanning other people's top 10 lists and, and year-end lists, I'm not really seeing any one game, like, really pulling far ahead, right? Like, I'm not seeing, like, a like a last of us or anything like that, where everybody in the world was like, that's the game of the year. Right. 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 Or, you know, I'm just, I'm just seeing like, you know, a couple, a couple popular ones, but nothing that really seems to be head and shoulders above the rest. So, I mean, in some ways I think that's a great thing because we're getting like more experiences and, and a wider selection of things to choose from. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, you're right. Cause I just watched a bunch of them today on YouTube and it's like, there's a lot of different number ones, you know, there's a lot of different number threes. And as I'm looking at my list right now, yeah, I'm totally wrong. I don't know why I did the gentleman's <laughs> bet. And then two, my list is this is such a Carlos list. It's like you'll know what I mean by that. Um, and that's why I love doing this podcast. It's such a unique list to this kind of a game of the year. And yours is going to be such a brad ass list. I'm I'm already like gonna guess that there's let's say three roguelikes on there. I don't know. At least we'll find out. We'll, we'll find, find out. out. Let's get into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, all right, man, let's just do it. So let's uh, top 10 of 21, 2021. Carlos, uh, you go first. What is your number 10 of the year? My number 10 is actually, uh, I think it's Gaming Bowl or one of those uh, outlets is number one of the year. And it's my <laughs> number 10 of the year. All right. Uh, Forza Horizon 5. Ah, Forza. Okay. All right. Well, it doesn't, in my opinion, reinvent anything. It's just more of Forza. And I like that. I know you don't like car games, but I do. And it's relaxing. And I got into it and I was, you know, getting experience points and just buying a bunch of new cars and driving around. But then I got bored. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I can't see how it's number one on people's list because it is I feel like it does have a shelf life in a way. Uh, or it's just like when you want to drive around real fast, then you can go play it. Um, I had a similar feeling with was it um, Burnout Paradise, I think. Right. Uh, where right, you're like, right. oh, they, I'm in the mood for that. So I'm, I was when I was in the mood for it and when I first played it, I was like. This is the best graphics. This is we're driving around Mexico. I think they do a lot of really good things. So I'm not. It's on my list. You know, it's really, really incredible. But it has to be the last on my list. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, not to not to put anybody down for their choices. Everybody can like what they like, and that's totally fine. But for me, I mean, a car game could never be number one because I mean, car games are kind of a known quantity, right? Like the graphics get better. I've seen Forza. Looks amazing. Um, you know, you know the plants, the leaves, and the sun, and the sand particles. I mean, it looks great. But for me, it's just like a driving game. And that's not what I'm looking for when I think about like how games are being moved forward or like new experiences or expanding the medium. So it's a great thing. I mean, I know a lot of people love Forza, but yeah, for me, not even on my list. Let me put real quick asterisks on it. I know it's not spending too much time on each game, but uh, to that point, 
this one does do something different. I'm not sure if I mentioned it in the original review on this podcast, but um, and I don't think it was in four. But does it make you a sandwich? Is there a slot in the Xbox that opens up? A little sandwich comes you out. You can, yeah, and it's um, usually turkey. And I like turkey sandwich. I mean, I love a good turkey sandwich. Yeah. Now I want a turkey sandwich. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. So what it does is you can go to, you can always uh, get XP and stuff like that, which does that loop of like, you know, winning and winning and getting things feels good. But there's like monuments and different little areas and ruins that you can drive to and then like essentially get out of the car or whatever and like take pictures. And so when you're like taking pictures, it does feel like a different game in a way. So there is that element to it where you're like actually going and exploring places. Um, so that's interesting. Okay. But yeah, it can't, it, it, it's like really, really great and fun. And even with those little differences, but uh, it's on my list. Number 10. Number 10, Carlos, Forza Horizon 5. My number 10, I, you know, I went back and forth about whether I should even include this or not, but I did spend a pretty significant amount of time with it and i'm actually planning to come back to it it's the death stranding director's cut oh wow and that did come out this year did come out this year yeah ps5 exclusive from what i understand i mean there is a fair amount of new content i'm not going to say it's like a brand new experience i mean they added some new gadgets there's a racetrack there's a couple new story quests um but i just i love this game so much i mean the the story is still complete like horse diarrhea it's terrible but like everything else about the game is so fucking brilliant that it just overshadows that. And it's a real testament to how good the play is that it gets me to play it, even though I hate the story so much. Um, but just like going back into it with like the better graphics and the new mechanics and the way that they rebalance certain things, like it's not nearly as much of a pain as it was in the beginning, like less enemies in certain parts and like some of the the tolerances for falling down have been widened a little bit. So it's even more of a chill game. And that's what I really liked about it the most was like, just going to this place being this like futuristic FedEx person and just like walking through these green Hills, riding your motorcycle down this lonely stretch of road and just kind of like being at peace and not like dodging bullets and not trying to get headshots or anything. It's a really wildly different kind of experience. And it almost made my game of the year uh, last year when it came out. Uh, But for that stupid story and the story is still stupid, but man, it is definitely worth playing and it is really, really nice to play on PS five. So in that respect, my number 10, number 10, that makes sense for number 10. That's a good that's a good number 10 pick. All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, sir, what is your number 9? This this will be on no one's list. No one's list, Inclu- including you, which I know you like the game, but I have to put it on the list. I have to. Okay. Okay. And it should even almost be higher up, but okay. I can't cuz it's not a finished game. I'm putting a demo on the list. I'm putting oh, Death, Death Trash, Trash. Demo. <laughs> I think that's a- appropriate because I played the shit out of that demo. Uh, I played everything I had to offer. I until up until the literally he like put the last pixel in, and he was like, "Carlos, get out of here! I'm like still in the game." I'm like, "I want to play the last pixel that you just made." Yeah, that developer told you to log off because he needed to update the server. Carlos, he get literally the fuck did. Out of here. Yes, he yes. literally did. We did talk on Twitter. <laughs> uh, I've definitely been talking with him and Death Trash. If you don't know, it's just a retro Fallout type action RPG. Uh, we talked about it in the show. We both love it. And I can't wait for the full version. And I, yes, I have bothered him on Twitter and asked him where the full version is. Um, so I just, I have to put it on a list because it, it's, I spent so much time with it. I was so excited for it and it delivered, you know, unlike some of the games we talked about earlier. It just, it is what I thought it was, which is a retro pixel based like Fallout game, but with a unique twist, uh, interesting items, a cool world, a weird world. And I just want more of it. So. I mean, I, I, I can't fault you for picking that at all. I had a marvelous time with that demo. And in fact, I stopped because I was like, I'm liking this 
so much. I don't want to like, I got to just stop because I want to play the full thing. I don't want to like spoil myself and, you know, like, you know, like burst that uh, bubble too soon. But I love the Death Trash uh, demo. I really, really, really am looking forward to it. I don't know how fast the developer is working. I know that this has been a real labor of love. Hopefully with the attention that uh, it garnered with this demo. I mean, it's been getting nothing but like raves uh, from anybody who plays it. Hopefully that will have translated into some dollars. Maybe he can uh, get some help on the the dev team or, you know, maybe he just wants to do it himself, you know, maybe. No, he's got more people already. Yeah. Does he? Okay, yeah. good. Excellent. I, I'm up to date. <laughs> I, I know what's going on. <laughs> I kind of sometimes go over to his house, peek in his windows, see how he's working on it. You but got the patch notes. You know what he's doing. I do know the patch shoulder. notes, but you know, I think 2022, we're going to get something. I think. I hope so. I, I hope feeling. so. Uh, I mean, if if the full game is anything like the demo, like it's all, it's like pre top ten already. Right, but it's on my list number nine because, and this is the last thing I'll say about it, I played many other games for like longer or shorter and didn't have as good of a time. Right, so yeah. I spent I don't know seven hours, eight hours. Like you know, I finished whatever he had, and then I just went back in it and played for a while. That's a lot of that's a lot of game. Death Rash is fucking awesome, and as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, the final thing is going to be amazing. So. Number nine. Good pick. Number nine. My number nine is a game we literally just talked about. Golf Club Wasteland. There it is. On my list. So there's uh, okay. So there's one. There's one. That you may win this bet after all. Yeah, because it's kind on of. a bunch. And so it's, it's kind of one. Kind of, sort of. Like, that's debatable. But yeah, that seems like we're kind of in sync there. Yeah, I, re- I love this one a lot. I mean, I think um, the concept of telling a surprisingly touching story through 2D golf mechanics that kind of felt like, uh, you know, miniature golf. All the... The holes, I mean, it was as far from regular golf as you could get. I mean, it was like holes on top of buildings, holes down a sewer, holes in top of wrecked cars or whatever, like all sorts of places. And taking this golfer, who at first you don't really know who they are, but as the story goes on, you figure out who they are, why they're there, why they're golfing, and where it all goes. I mean, it seems like just a goofy indie physics game or something at first, but they really did take the time to put in a lot uh, of story that really made it worth playing. And on top of that, the soundtrack, pretty incredible. I don't call out soundtracks very often. You know I don't. But man, the soundtrack that they created for this with the fake songs, fake radio plays, yeah. fake newscasts, just like way above and beyond. And it really did a great job in painting a picture of this world, like really enriching it and making it sound very believable. And uh, I mean, just everything about it was like on point. I had the best time with it. And even though it's like a short game, I think three, three hours, three, four hours, it was perfect. Like I didn't need more. It got in, it got out. It did what it needed to do. And it was just like this beautiful little package. Um, I, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. All, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Death Trash was like probably seven hours for me. Right. So yeah. Yeah. It's a good short experience. There you go. All right. That is mine. Number nine, Golf Club Wasteland. Played that on PS5. Carlos, what is your number eight? Another one that's not on anybody's lists. Uh, Greedfall DLC, <laughs> the Defespa conspiracy. Right, right. Wait, right. wait, wait. Slash. This is like this is two picks in one. The Gold Edition. So okay. this year, both of those came out, which is the That's DLC true. made me go back to play it, and also like heightened graphics, right? Like, and I think it's sixty frames per second, is what it was. I believe so. so yes. Yeah. So I like went right back into Greedfall, one of my favorite games of all time, probably on the list game of the year list whenever it came out and yeah it was just more greedfall I mean, if you don't know what it is action rpg it's incredible it's one of my favorite games i wanted more of it there's not much to say it's just great and and the conspiracy like dlc it's nothing to write home about but it was more story right and if you have a game you love you just talked about death stranding yeah although not the story bit but 
if there's more, there's more more of what you like more yeah, of what exactly. you like yeah and it was exactly. like the graphics even moved faster i didn't have to worry about you know stutter and stuff like that the frame rate was great so i highly recommend that game and the dlc uh what a fun uh you know many hours for you if you've, you've never if you never played it um, excellent but it's got to be on my list even though it's dlc uh, i mean that's totally fair that's fair game for sure good pick i know you love that game very much uh so yeah that's an unexpected pick and hopefully people out there who have not tried it will be hearing this podcast and giving that one a shot yep uh my number eight uh kind of like you is something that i don't think anybody in the world has heard of or even played or even knows exists steampunk tower 2 played it on the switch originally an ios game i believe mobile game uh we talked about this way 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 long time ago maybe january or february this year so yeah yeah, I'm really kind of dipping back into the archive to pull this one out. But this is a 2D tower defense game where rather than setting up towers along a course or a path and then defending from all these enemies, you just have one tower and you drop that straight into the middle of a battle and then you're defending from the left side and the right side because it's a 2D game. You're seeing the side of your tower. Um, so I just love that premise, kind of flipping the whole tower defense thing on its head, changing up the formula. The graphics were great, like everything was in silhouette, but it was really nicely animated very clear and easy to read so that was great and the, the real hook to it was like the tower had i think maybe five slots on each side five on the left five on the right and each one of those slots could have a different kind of cannon you could have a shotgun a saw blade gun electric gun you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and part of the game was number one picking the right guns for each level to begin with but then once you got in the level things would change like conditions would change and so you'd be like oh my loadout on the left side is no longer viable i need to switch and so the tower was like you know steampunk kind of mechanized and stuff you could move the the cannons around so you'd be like oh uh left one cannon needs to go down to like right three and like you're kind of moving them around in real time as people are coming in on you so it was like simple enough to play in short bursts and you didn't have to really remember what you're doing but on the other hand it was complicated enough and rich enough to where each level felt like its own little micro battle where you're constantly adjusting to changing conditions and and taking into account like new enemies and like what do you have what loadout do you have and how are you going to deal with this um you know upgrade tree uh some unlocks some challenge missions i believe i did literally everything in that game i think i did every mission and i did every challenge mission i think i got everything that was there was to get which i don't do very often i never talk about that so i thought it was great perfect before bedtime perfect little switch game steampunk tower two i think i bought it for like two bucks it was super cheap whoa and two dollars to be on your list yeah Yeah, it was definitely less than five bucks you always mention those types of games where you want to like uh, a strategy kind of game with some tower defense so i feel like if you found one which is this one then yeah you're gonna put it high on the list yeah i dig it i dig it and i don't think anybody has ever heard of it or seen it but it's on the switch it's a perfect fit for the switch uh, and it's so cheap. I mean, I think it's definitely worth it for everybody. So steampunk tower two, Carlos, uh, let's move on. What is your number seven of the year? I didn't plan this, but it's also DLC. Oh man. Okay. You're hitting that DLC this year. Yeah. Outer worlds, DLC murder on Eridanos. Uh, okay. All right. Tell us about it. I mean, outer worlds, right? It's a, a beautiful, again, I can always go back to action RPGs first person. Um, you know, it's more of outer worlds. So I'm not going to really say much about it. It's if you liked Outer Worlds, then this is more of it. And yeah, there's a murder mystery, which I think is an interesting take, and it does really treat it like um, a noir at some point. But then there's also just hit a bunch of enemies, right? And like use your leveled up character to to kick butt. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to go to different locations and different moons, and you know that game is such a beautiful Fallout, obviously um, from the original creators, essentially, and um, I love it. 
So not really a lot to say about it. It's just more of Outer Worlds. Interesting. This is going to be a really interesting list for people to come through because I feel like we're really picking shit that's on like literally no one else's Well, right all, now, so. I know. Yeah, besides Forza, like right now. And yours yeah. even too. Yeah, we're, yeah. All right, let's move on. This one's going to make you mad. I'm going to have to apologize to you in advance. Okay? All right, so, I'm mad already. No offense intended whatsoever. Uh, but my number seven, Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm sure that it's going to be much higher for you. Uh, oh, I'm mad because it's such a low on the list. Because it's low, yeah, because it's number seven, yeah. No, um, I'm ha- you know what? I'm not even mad because I'm happy it's on the list Okay. At all. Okay. Uh, it's kind of weird that it's just be- next to a $2 game, but we'll get over that. <laughs> um, but no, go ahead and tell me why you liked it. I mean, I liked it a lot because uh, I think, I mean, it's the script, right? Like, I'm a sucker for good characters and good story, and that's exactly what this game delivers. Right? That's what really connected with me. Um, I mean, I mean, full disclosure, and just to, to keep it absolutely real, I think the gameplay is just okay. Like, I think the combat is okay. I think um, walking through hallways, in fact, it kind of bugged me, because uh, as you're walking through hallways with the team, you you want to, like, search, but when you do search, sometimes, like, the characters are talking to you like you're disrespecting them. Yeah, they're always like, get doing... back over here. What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, they're like, what the fuck are you doing? Get over here. And I'm like, but, but like, you clearly want me to search because in every hallway, there's, like, three little offshoots and nooks and crannies and stuff. So that part actually kind of bugged me. I wish they would have just put that stuff on the path because I really didn't like when characters would yell at you because you were searching. But you were clearly supposed to search because that's where you found all the good shit. Anyway. <clears throat> So that part was just okay. Like, it wasn't bad. Just okay. This, remember, remember, this game of the year. This is the yes. positive section. Yeah, no, it is good. No, but, but the thing that really sold me on it, and again, not bad, just okay. Um, but the thing that really sold me was just, like, the characters. Like, the writing was great. I think the characterization of all the team of the, you know, the Guardians was great. Everybody, um, I thought, was really well done. And the, the thing that really sold it, which I'm sure that you're going to mention as well, was not just that these characters had barks or that they had reaction dialogue to things it was like every level in that game is an entire script like they don't repeat dialogue they talk about things that are happening in that moment at that time so everything they say is like literally absolutely relevant to what's happening which is i mean dude that's got to be like the most bananas amount of script writing like I, i don't even know how many words it was how many lines they had to go through how many lines they had to record yeah but like just that part of it itself to me is enough to put this game on my top 10 because that's not something you ever see games do. Not at, not at that level of like AAA polish, not that kind of, of, of amount of dialogue. Like it was like ridiculous how much dialogue they had and, and not just cutscenes, but like you're walking around, you pick up an item, somebody comments on the item and that's a line that's only going to play at that time when you're right. picking up that item. It, it's incredible. Dude. Like it's so much effort put into that. So that part I loved, thought it was really great. I still do feel like sometimes rocket lost his accent or something i was listening to it and i'm like i think that voice actor was kind of inconsistent but overall i love the characters love the story and i really had a great time with uh, the guardians of the galaxy to that point and i'll talk about it again later because it's a surprise surprise on my list oh i but, know you're going to talk about it yeah um but i just to that point real quick the timing you're right is is incredible because as you're walking around the things you're doing you know the, the characters are, are replying to and talking about which is is nuts for like programming the coding of you know timing things uh, and then dealing with it. So anyways, that's a beautiful game. Good pick. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Uh, let's see. Let's move on to where we at. Number six. Carlos, you're number six. This is a surprise. This give be a surprise to you. Okay. Um, I just finished this two, days, two nights ago. And it's Ooh, always last fun minute when you, edition. Okay. Yeah. It's always fun when you finish a game. I finished this game because I've been playing it uh, and maybe not talking about much on the show. Uh, Gunk. 
Oh, okay, the gunk. Yeah, that just the came gunk. out recently. Yeah. yeah, on Xbox uh, Game Pass. It's on Game Pass right now. Yeah. Um, it's a very special game, and I'll just say a few things why it's so cool. But it's a short game. I think it took seven hours or something. Ooh, that's pretty short. Okay, yeah. keep talking. Um, it's an indie game. Obviously, uh, it could have been on my indie game, you know, uh, list as well. But basically, you play as uh, a character um, who lost her arm, and she's got a robot arm. Uh, and she's African-American, and she has, I think, what they're basically saying, a girlfriend as the kind of other girl in the spaceship that you're out flying around in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's implied that they care about each other deeply. So that's all okay. That's all I know. Okay. And that's really exciting because as the gameplay uh, goes on, you're kind of separated from her all the time, and you're out exploring with your mechanical arm, and your radio talking back and forth to each other. Think Firewatch, remember? Okay, gotcha. And so there's, you know, you guys get in fights, and there's like, you know, uh, tension, and and lots of different stuff happen while you're kind of trying to, you know, explore this planet that you're on. Essentially, you explore one planet with, you know, your arm, and your your arm does is it pulls up all this gunk that is like this fluid that's on the planet, this disease and stuff. And the, the ability and action kind of moment-to-moment gameplay is so rewarding in some way by when you suck it up like Luigi's Mansion, you know, like a ghost. That's how yeah. you suck up the gunk. Um, and then you're also fighting some enemies, but not a lot. It's just this kind of discovery, scanning things, being on a new planet, seeing animals pop up, or you know, alien wildlife. And it's just so engrossing, and there's puzzles but then you go back to your home base and upgrade your arm, and you have a robot who's like charming because he can only say one thing, which is "You got served." <laughs> and that's all I can say. <laughs> so there's so many moments where it's charming. The music is so good. The graphics are really interesting and unique. And when it was over, I really liked the ending, and I really liked what it kind of you know came down came down to. And it had feelings of Guardians of the Galaxy. Like in the fact that the dialogue was thought about and that like the you're real quick, this is not a spoiler, but at the end you're flying away in a spaceship and they're still talking, you know, the two two women. Yeah. And you're like just listening to them as the credits roll. And I like was just going to sit there. I wanted to hear everything they had to say, uh, you know, at the end of this mission. So I can't recommend it enough. It's, it should almost be higher on my list, but there's some really good games here. So the gun. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that I downloaded it, I believe. It's on Game Pass, like you said. So it's something that I had my eye on, but it came so late in the year, I just didn't have time to make, you know, to, to make for it uh, at this time. But I had it to my my must play list that we discussed earlier in the show, and hopefully, uh, and, and being a shorter player, you said six seven hours. Yeah, I mean that's music to my ears, man. Like I love those in and out games. Just get it done. So. Well, that's the thing is like I it's because it's engrossing and the gameplay is engrossing. You're like, oh, I'm just gonna play like for another couple hours, and then because you, you do that and it's a short game, you can finish it pretty quick. So it's great. All right. Wonderful. The gunk uh, sounds good. Uh, My number six, uh, probably coming as no surprise to anybody, Monster Hunter Rise on the Switch. I am a longtime Monster Hunter fan, as everybody knows. I played all the games, thousands of hours into the series, cumulatively uh, between all the different versions. Uh, And this one is is pretty killer. I mean, it's not going to convert anybody who's not already a Monster Hunter fan. But as a longtime series uh, player... The changes that they made to this particular game, I think, are pretty cool. I mean, I do feel like the series has still more to go. They could do a better tutorial. There are certain things that couldn't be streamlined still. But this is definitely the the, the most like all-killer, no-filler that the series has ever been. Um, it takes some of the good things from 
was it Monster Hunter World? Yeah, that was yeah. the one that was on PS5 and Xbox. Take some of those systems, take some of the systems from the older iterations of the game, kind of mixes them all up, cuts away like all the fat. Like there's so many shortcuts, so many little like conveniences for players, like time saving little things. And they're just little things. But, you know, when you're doing 10 seconds here, 15 seconds there, 30 seconds here over the course of a hundred hour game, I mean, that adds up to like a lot of time. So those little shortcuts are very much appreciated. I also really like that they brought it back to the Switch. I think it functions really well in the handheld. I played lots of uh, game with my wife and with my son and also some randos. And it was really easy to connect and stuff. So, I mean, it's just it's a really, really well done Monster Hunter. And I don't think that we're going to be able to go back. I feel like most of the things that they added are going to have to be here in the series from this point forward because it would be kind of impossible to like let go of some of these conveniences. So I think it was kind of a turning point, and overall, it's really good stuff. Looking forward to the DLC next year. Monster Hunter Rise, my number six. Nice. And yeah, you got to keep those fireflies, or whatever they're called. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, the fireflies. All right, Carlos, what is your number five? It is Ease 9, Monstrum Nox. Okay, all right. Uh, I think it came out early in the year, if I believe, if I'm correct. Yeah, first first half for sure. Yeah, and I was like, ooh, an RPG, and you know me and Ease. I love my Ease. Um, yeah, it's just, it's probably the best Ease game. Like, I think hands down, because I played most of them, if not all of them. Ease 8 was really, really good, uh, but Ease 9 is, it's just everything better. Like, if you like uh, um, the action RPG elements of Ease 8, then you'll like Ease 9. Ease 9 adds this idea of, you know, monstrum. So basically you can morph into different uh, abilities. Like, you know, you have this different kind of monster abilities and it's just over the top. If I look at some of the gifts and videos I made from like battle in that game, it's insane. You know, you're like, I don't even know how I did it. You know, I beat the game and you just go like, how did I do that? Because there was so much going on the screen at once, but you know, I just fell in love with the, uh, I actually like the story quite a bit. It's a massive open world. Um, it really made an impression on me. Like it just the wholeheartedness of an action RPG like Ease, but done with like a bunch of new systems. Yeah, it's great. Excellent, excellent. I know you really like that one a lot. So very cool, very cool. Um, for me, my number five, the Artful Escape on oh, Xbox. Oh, if I put that on my list, which it was almost going to be, then we would have had three. But we would have had three. Yeah. yeah, you know, I really like this one quite a bit. And it's it's more of an experience than an actual video game. I mean, there's a couple jumps you got to make, but like they're very easy. And even if you miss them, it just you just try again, like nothing happens. And, you know, most of the game is simply just walking from left to right, strumming your guitar in outer space, like colors and sounds jamming as you go. I mean, it's pretty like it doesn't ask a lot of the player in terms of mechanics or skill, but that's fine. Like, I think it's totally fine to just give this kind of like electrified music video yeah. uh, experience, which I, I loved. I mean, I thought it was great. The music was great. Uh, the character was great. The story was great. I mean, it was also one half step away from probably being one of the best trans narrative stories we've ever gotten in games. It was like so, so close. I feel like the developers just didn't take that very last step and they were so close. But I feel like everybody who's played it or everybody who really takes a look at it will likely agree it does function very well as a trans narrative. So I think that's also a positive thing, but I mean, just the sights, the sound, like the sheer overwhelming AV presentation of this game was really cool. And I really liked every bit of it. Uh, I just had a great time. Just love, just love jamming out. It's really good. I liked it a lot too. And yeah, artfully in, in its name, 
it, it's just uh, stunning. Yeah, it's really great. The graphics, the lights, the sounds, everything about it. So that is the Artful Escape. That is my number five. Carlos, we are getting close to the top here. Oh, We're past man. the halfway point. Oh, number four. What is your number four, sir? This is a surprise, uh, kind of, in a way. I mean, these are these are all surprises, bro. Every single one of these is a surprise. By the way, I think we did get two, though, right? We are at two, we are currently at two. So I was not totally wrong. No, because... I mean, it's like it's like one point five because it was like a it was an honorable mention. I get it. I, know, I, I think know. that's a two because it's fair. not going to happen after this. <laughs> these, <laughs> these, these top four are not going to be the same. OK, which is great for our listeners. Um, this is Mass Effect Trilogy. It's my number four. Oh, OK. All right. right the on. definitive edition. Essentially, uh, unlike other games, this is actually a definitive edition. I'm looking at you, GTA. Oh, yes. We're going to talk about that later. We will. OK, but yeah, that is. Uh, oh, that's someone's disappointment. That certainly is. <laughs> yes. It should have been mine as well, but I guess I was never excited for it. Um, Mass Effect Trilogy, I played the first two games, I believe, and never played the third one, which is crazy. I know. You had never played number three? No, I think we talked about it. I think on the podcast we you said have. the same thing. You were like, you had never played number three? In the exact same tone of voice, the exactly. same shock? It must have been. Yeah. yeah. It must have been. Is that now or is it then? Anyways. Um, so, yes, uh, it was the best time to play it because quality of life stuff Graphics are improved. Um, they even did stuff within the gameplay to make it, you know, easier or, or play better. Um, some of the combat and stuff like that was actually affected and changed. It wasn't like Diablo Two, where it's just a kind of like window dressing. It's like they said, "Hey, ammo doesn't. There's not enough ammo, so let's give them more ammo, or let's work on the action or you know action abilities and and combat stuff a little bit." And they did. I just feel like everything was better, um, and it was so good. That if you remember, I can't believe I did that this year. I played through all of it, the whole trilogy. Nice, nice. nice. So all three games. I mean, that's that should almost be considered number one, really, because it's like it was so fun and good that I got to play. You know, I wanted to play all of it, and I finished it, and I had my ending to three, and yeah, it took up a lot of my year because <laughs> it's a lot of game. It's a lot of game for sure. Yeah, and it was incredible. I just think they they knocked it out of the park. Everything felt great. It felt like it looked better, you know? And uh, if you like Mass Effect, it's the way to play it. It's, it's incredible. Man, it's amazing. I, you know, that's one of my favorite games of all time, that trilogy. And, you know, I almost, I almost kind of wish I could kind of like forget it and play it again because I would love to just get back into it and just re-experience. Because it, it doesn't hit you the same way the second time around. Right, it would right, still right, be good. Right. Yeah. But man, that first playthrough when you don't know what's happening and you're just... You know, you never know who's going to die, who's going to live, who's going to be a friend, who's going to betray you, like all that stuff. That, like the first time, pretty incredible shit. I love I love that trilogy. Well, that's why I'm saying people listening to this list, if you are like me and you played like one or two or both of them, you forget. You know, we, we play a game like last week and we forget what happened, right? Oh, yeah. Seriously, so, this morning, so it's, yeah. <laughs> so it's great to go back to it now because, you know, you do get some of those moments of like, oh, I didn't even, I forgot that. And you, you're, you're surprised when you get to number three, so... Yeah, that's a good pick. That's that's like one of the all time greats, man. That's like an all time best of list kind of game. So that's yeah. good shit. Good shit. Uh, all right. My number four, Cosmocrats from earlier this year on the Switch. Do you remember Wait. me talking about this one? Why do I not remember this game? I <laughs> have these games. You don't remember even talking. Are they all from the beginning of the year? Cosmocrats? Not- Cosmocrats with a K. I loved Cosmocrats. It was it came out of nowhere. 
no fanfare, like barely any PR for it. I don't. I mean, I think I must have got an email from the developer. I must have. I don't know how else I would have heard about it otherwise. Was I not it, on the show this week? You I, were. You were definitely on the show at that oh point. Oh my goodness, I forgot this game. This is one where you play like a, a fake Soviet person in space. You're in a space race with the fake Americans. They don't say American or Russia, but you know exactly who it is that they're talking about. Um, and you have to control a drone in space. It ends up being like 2D space where the like the drone pushes around pieces of a space station that you have to assemble. And the space station pieces are shaped kind of like Tetris pieces. So you're kind of pushing Tetris pieces around in zero G, trying to get them to lock together to form. Uh, you know, a solar panel array or like a water collection device or, a, you know, hydroponics or something like whatever. Like you've got a whole bunch of different assignments. Um, and so that part was just really fun in itself, like kind of pushing those pieces together. Kind of a very, very different take on Tetris that has never have never played anything quite like that before. That was good. But what made it really over the top and what made it rank so high was the story was great. I thought the characterization, it was like dark satire. So a lot of it was like really sarcastic commentary on politics and economics and about life uh, from an Eastern European perspective, which I thought was really great. And like it really mattered what you did, whether you did good on one mission or another would branch the story, who you chose to live or die would branch the story. I talked to the developer on Twitter. I let him know when I finished it and he's like, oh, you know, awesome. Which ending did you get? And I got a good ending, but I think I think he said there was something like 16 different endings or something. Hmm. So I I just it was like the total package in a very, very small indie size package, like great gameplay, great ideas, great execution, great story, great characters. Uh, it was just, it was just like everything. I played this game like obsessively from start to finish and I just had the best time with it. So. Okay. So I wasn't on the episode. I, I, you I, were definitely on. The there episode. was a robot Carlos that was in my place. Cause I'm looking at the images of right now and going, I just don't remember. Maybe I like spaced out for some reason. And uh, I don't know, but I yeah. will say this. The publisher is called Modern Wolf. Yes. And they have a lot of interesting games. One that I played, which is called Mecha Jammer. Oh, that one's getting a lot of love. Yeah, Modern Wolf is really making some moves. I think they're a real up-and-coming uh, publisher. I don't know all their games off the top of my head, but I do remember looking at their output and thinking, yeah, these guys have got some pretty good picks going on. I think, basically, you want you go to the Steam page. I know you don't go to Steam, but uh, there's another game called Out There that looks just like the game oh yeah 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 i have played out there oh, okay have, yeah all right yeah. anyways modern wolf check it out good pick cosmocrats my number four love it love it love it okay now this is it. we are we are getting to the cream of the crop here buddy this, this is, is like it. the best of the best of the best here this is it. three two one uh let's start with number three carlos what is your number three pick for the year these are all my favorite games of the year easily uh obviously for this list this could have been they all can are interchangeable okay i have to say that they're interchangeable, really, right? Depending on the day I asked you. Yeah, because this next game could easily be number one. Okay. Uh, I love RPGs. This is my favorite RPG experience of the year, Tales of Arise. Really? Interesting. I don't know that I would have picked that for you. Okay, cool. Well, I'll tell you why. It started off, I think we talked about it on the show a few different times. It's a beautiful RPG. It's probably, yeah, it's the best Tales game. Uh, it's its own unique experience, so you don't have to have played any of the other Tales games to understand it. It's a weird, dark story. Do you remember I told you in the beginning it starts really yes. dark? Yes. Um, it goes to some pretty dark places about society and culture and what people do to each other, but then it also gets light and airy and back to an RPG, which I think is the only thing I faulted it for. I kind of wanted to stay dark, right? Yeah. But yeah. it kind of like abandons that at some point and jumps back to like, hey, it's a JRPG, remember? 
but the the combat's so fun it's unique uh i did say that i had a frustration with some of the bullet spongy enemies but as you level up you can just you know you'll be fine uh and then it had a very unique moment which i think you know games of the year should have which is you know when you get to an rpg if near the end of a game there's usually like some crazy boss and then like a third boss and fourth boss this had like a fourth boss and if you remember this from the podcast i did it in the first run and if i didn't do it in the first run it might not have been on my list yeah i do remember you saying that right because that, it yes. was like i basically what they do and i think this is the only fault I'm taking play out of your book where you like give a game of the year, but then say things you don't like about it. I mean, keep it real, man. Keep it real. This is real, but it's, it's number three, but near the end, there's like the, like the last, last boss and you can't use your health potions and it just doesn't make any sense. Like that does, that should never be in an RPG. They got to get you right at the end, dude. They got to get you. So I, for somehow did it, I beat that boss without the health potions and then, yeah, it became my favorite, one of my favorite games of the year, but it's just, it's cream to the crop RPG. I mean, you know, that's I'm I'm always searching for that. I'm always searching for open world games. This is uh, the RPG that's the best. All right. Tales of Arise. I know a lot of people like that one. Uh, so good pick. Good pick. I'm sure you'll get a lot of agreement on that one. Yep. Uh, let's see. Number three. Boy, this was tough. This was tough for me. The top three was real tough. Um, but number three was a game that really blew me away on many levels. Um, so original. So fresh. Uh, it's a comedy game and like comedy's hard to do in games. You know, jokes in games are very tough. You've heard me on this podcast recently. Like I'm, I'm tough on comedy games, dude. Like I don't laugh. I, I don't give them credit, man, because I think it's really tough to approach that. You got to bring your best, best efforts. And if they don't make me laugh, like I just, I don't have any sympathy for them, but this game had me laughing out loud, like multiple times, almost every single joke lands. It's brilliant. It's dark. It's edgy. And the game design, I think, takes an existing formula, point and click, and turns it on its head by, number one, having puzzles that I think, for most of the game, are very logical and make sense, but are also funny. But but at the same token, they also uh, let you take a lot of shortcuts that are not possible in other games, which I really, really appreciated. This is The Procession to Cavalry on Xbox. there it is. Oh, my God. I loved this game. It's the one that takes uh, clip art from renaissance paintings and the entire game is just pieces of other paintings it looks bizarre and crazy kind of like a monty python interstitial animation um the jokes some of the jokes i cannot even believe got through the censors some of those jokes i was like oh my god i can't believe they even said that but they said that and i laughed and it was dark and gross but so funny and i mean just from start to finish everything about it is just like way out there doing its own thing, marching to its own drummer. And I just, I loved it. I mean, it was, it's a short experience gets in, gets out. I think I only needed an FAQ, like maybe like one time, maybe two times, which is pretty good for a point and click in me. Oh um, yeah. And I just, yeah, that's pretty good. And I just, overall, man, I just, I thought it was great. Just so fucking just like brutally different. I just loved every minute of it. Yeah. Comedy's hard to do. And especially in video games. So yeah, uh, yeah. you're, I put it back on my list or not on this list, but I wrote it down because I'm going to go back and play it. It's on Game Pass right now, I think. It is on Game Pass. And you can beat the whole thing in like, I don't know, two, three hours. It's very short. And if you don't get stuck, I mean, you're going to blow through it. And just you're going to laugh your fucking ass off. It's so funny. All right. I'll go back and play it. Number that was my number three, the procession to cavalry. Uh, Carlos, what is your number two? 
It's our matched one, Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah, uh, there it is. Wow, I was thinking that was going to be number one. It's almost number one. Um, wow, but wow, that's a surprise. Yeah, I mean, two is pretty, again, there's interchangeable in the day, but for what it is, it's like the best of what it is. Uh, talking to comedy real quick, I laughed out loud during that game. Oh, uh, yeah. Tracks and stuff, lines. just saying yep. anything. Um, I mean, again, delivery and writing. Uh, and not nothing just to be like jokey, but like within the moment, like heartfelt humor, which is yeah. hard to do. Yeah. I mean, heartfelt humor, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and Drax kills it. He absolutely kills it in that game for sure. Destroys. And then also one of these, there's just one moment I'm going to talk about instead of the game, because we already talked about the game. The game's great. But one of the moments that made me go, oh, this is one of my favorite experiences. Um, and by the way, this is number two on my list. It's also one of my favorite games of all time, period. Like okay. full stop. Okay. Uh, because of what it does, like you said, it, it, the narrative as well as um, also, I don't think you mentioned, but like the, the the fact that these are all alien worlds that you go to, and all of them feel so damn alien. Yeah, you they know, look fantastic too. Little shops you go to on a different planet, you know, like the marketplace. All of it feels like you're going to a freaking you know different world. But there was a moment where you do this huge battle. It's like three quarters of the way through the to the game, and you come back to your ship. Right, because your ship's home base, and your characters that you're playing with, uh, you know, they always, you know, talk to you and they they get in arguments, and you just got like finished being mad at each other essentially, and you're all kind of coming back together, and it's just like this heartwarming moment that just I can't have that. Exp- I haven't had that experience in another game, which is like I felt really part of that moment. I felt like oh, we've been through some shit. And I, that one person was mad at me, and, and I was mad at them. But then that person died, and another person died, and then the, <laughs> a planet blew up, you know. And now we're back home, and we're all together, and we're making jokes. And oh my goodness, we're we're okay now. It's almost like relationshipy, you know, in that way. Um, yeah, yeah. And something similar I felt in Final Fantasy fifteen too, which is like when those characters talk to each other a lot. Um, this is a minor spoiler for Final Fantasy fifteen that I do want to mention because I think it makes sense. It's, okay. It's very similar. Um, you're not going to play that game ever, right? Probably never. Yeah. There's a character that gets blinded in that game. And and I, I never talked about this, but you think that because video games, they're going to be fine, right? Like you got to go shop and get some potion to put the potion sure. in his get eyes. Get the eye drops. Yeah. yeah. Eye drops. Yeah. No, that person stays blind for the rest of the game. And that's it. They're just blind now. And you have to like help them like walk in one of the stages. And it's so powerful because you were with that character for 60 hours of a game, you know? Wow. Um, so that's the kind of feeling I felt in this game where I'm like, we went through some shit and, you know, because I beat the game, you know, and there's even a little section right after that you beat it. It's just you spent so much time with these characters. If You know, I, I was bonded to them, bonded to them. I know exactly what you mean, my friend. So number two, easily, it's also could be number one. I'm surprised it's not your number one. I thought for sure that's what it was going to be. So now I have literally no fucking idea whatsoever what you're going to pick for number one. Could be a Game Boy game or Wonderswan or TurboGrafx. That would be amazing. Uh, Okay, so my number two, uh, you know, it's interesting because I actually don't really care for the point-and-click genre. And yet, number three, point-and-click. Number two, also a point-and-click. Yes, it's true. Uh, Unavowed on Switch. Oh, this came out on PC a while sense. ago, and the, the the port came out this year. Man, what a game! I mean, I'm a sucker for urban fantasy to begin with, so it was already like totally in my wheelhouse in terms of genre. 
but the writing so good it was so great the characters were all distinct individuals lots of like unique dialogue lots of interpersonal connections lots of talking about just how, how did you feel after the last mission what do you think we should do like how does this how does this affect you and you could you had a cast of i believe it was either four or five characters and you could mix and match them however you wanted so like whatever mission was up next you could pick um the lady who was a genie or you could pick the person who was an ex-cop or you could pick the person who was a fire mage and like whatever whatever and like depending on who you pick they all had dialogue that would interact you know correctly based on who was there and if you pick like uh, a, a person who wasn't there like they'd be like oh well, i wish so-and-so was here or you know like the way that they referred to each other as if they all existed even though they weren't in the same space mm. was really great like i love that sense of like building the team it was really smart really well done uh, much like procession of cavalry, most of the puzzles, I think probably 95% of the puzzles, super logical. They all made perfect sense. I only needed a walkthrough maybe like once or twice again for a point and click one or two FAQ visits. That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good for this genre. And I think that, uh, what really sold it was like each part of the game was broken up into like a little micro episode. They all came together at the end. And it was one of those games where you don't really realize it at the time. But it does go back and like almost all of the decisions you made had a very tangible effect on the ending. So like your ending could be wildly different depending on how you treated people, like what you chose to do. If you were angry and vengeful or if you were forgiving or, you know, if you chose to take this thing A or did you take thing B? And it's not like super obvious at the time, but like when you get to the end and it starts to show you looking back on what you've done, you're like, oh, man, I didn't realize like all these things I did actually like really made a big fucking difference. And so when I got to the end and started seeing the payoffs of all that, it was just really great. And mm. I love the crew, loved every member of the crew. I wanted just to spend more time with them. Wanted to just hear more about what they had to say. I mean, if they announced an unavowed two, boom, take my money right now. I would pre-order like on the spot. Like I love uh, what they did with this. And uh, it was great, great stuff. One of the best times I had all year. Unavowed. I, I think I'm surprised by your list right now because we're near the end and there's not many roguelikes. Was there even one? There, I don't think I don't, there was, was even there one. Was there even one? I guess there wasn't. I don't know Let if that's space my list one real was. Quick. Was Cosmo? Co no, not a roguelike. Not Cosmo a roguelike. Cats? I'm looking, 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 looking. Wow. No, there's zero roguelikes on my list. Okay, so I don't know what's going on. Are we in Bizarre World? I don't understand. <laughs> We're in the upside down. If we, if, hold on. Tangent. If you spend 2021 talking about mostly roguelikes on our podcast, <laughs> and then the year the game of the year list doesn't have one on it what does that mean maybe you don't like roguelikes brad maybe you I mean, really I don't like them i think what it means is i play them all hoping that i'm going to find the next superstar roguelike right. but a lot of them are just pretty good and okay right that's it's you know what sisyphus you're sisyphus you're pushing <laughs> the rock of roguelike up the hill and you're trying to think something's going to happen different but it's not you're not going to find the good roguelike one of these one of these days i'm going to find the next big one that i'm just going to like fall head over heels in love with but i just haven't found it yet okay so i keep looking endless search anyway unavowed number two wonderful wonderful experience one of my best uh plays this year and that only leaves us with our top picks here we are at the peak the the pinnacle the best Summit. of the best of the best of the best Number one, Carlos, what did you choose as your number one? And literally, I have no fucking idea whatsoever. What is your number one? Little, 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 little drum roll. Um, it's easy. And I mean, it's like hiding in plain, plain sight. And as soon as I say it, you'll know. Go ahead. It's, it's. <laughs> you can't say cyberpunk. It's not cyberpunk. No, it isn't because that was already listed. No, it's easily Far Cry 6. 
Wow, really? You yeah. liked it that much? I, I'll tell you why, and maybe I don't think I'll ever really be able to explain it to you because we don't we like different types of games at times. But you know, me and open world games, if I oh, can yeah. find one that I can really feel like I'm a part of and kind of lose myself in, there's nothing better. Like besides an RPG, for me, that's there's nothing really better. And Cyberpunk, you know, at some point this year kind of closed up for me closed shop you know it's like there's you just no did DLC. everything there was to do and yeah. yeah there was nothing left so i was looking for a new one and i have always liked far cry and you know i think i've prefaced this before on the podcast i talked about it i don't want to do another one after this that's like it like i you know this is probably the last experience of go take out outposts and stuff like that that yeah, of this kind of yeah, this kind sure. you know yeah in jungles and kind of you know whatever but it does everything the best Similar to Ease 9, I think it's the best Ease game. Uh, this is easily the best Far Cry game, uh, in my opinion. But I think almost objectively, because it's just graphically stunning. I mean, the lighting in this game, you know, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. But um, mainly, the main reason, besides the main story campaign, it's interesting. I like the voice acting. Uh, what's this? John, John, John Carlo, whatever. I always forget his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. The actor, that yeah. uh, Esposito. Esposito, yeah. yeah. So, like, all that stuff's good. The campaign's good. There's a pre- kind of surprising ending. But this game doesn't end. When I get to off this podcast with you, I'm going to go play Far Cry 6. <laughs> There's, like, always little boxes to pick up. There's always little things to get. There's um, They do a really good job of DLC and the fact of small DLC things where, you know, every week, almost like a mobile game, there's new outposts to conquer. And if you do that, you get new weapons uh, and, you know, aesthetics and stuff like that. So not only is there, like, more to do, and there's, like, you know, um, I just did a mission with um, Danny Trejo, like the Danny Trejo for Machete. Yeah, 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 I remember you mentioned that. Yeah, we just, the the full version just came out. So I helped him. (laughs) He was making tacos, and I had to defend him while he made tacos. Um, And then we fought together. Yeah, it makes me laugh just hearing about it. I know. The, okay, besides all the quality of life stuff and the best version of Far Cry, the main reason I put it as number one is because, especially in this year of 2020 or 2021 or whatever year we're in right now and pandemic, et cetera, it is a leave, living, breathing world I can be in. Uh, there's a lot of Spanish being spoken, even if it's Spanglish at times, and that somehow makes me feel good you know, not being around my family. Yeah, yeah. And then running around, I found a puma at some point or a panther or whatever. And uh, and he's just, me and him are like running around the jungle together. And I'm sliding down hills and he's like jumping in front of me and he like bumps into me sometimes. I think he's doing it like friendly. Uh, and then he goes and kills enemies. And there's literally nothing more fun in a gaming experience for me right now. So that's why it has to be number one because at any moment I can jump in there run around with my panther in a really, really, probably the one of those stunning worlds. And it's just fun. It's just, it's beyond games. It's like, it's a playground. Wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, I can, I hear you and I totally understand where you're coming from. I never would have guessed that. I mean, we would, if you would ask me to guess, we would be here for a long time. I would have gone through every other game you played. It didn't, I mean, I knew you liked it, but I didn't realize that you liked it that much. So that comes as a surprise, but I mean, you made your case. I see why you picked it. Yeah, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is a better put-together linear game, uh, hands down. You know, the narrative, and made me laugh and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I, I laughed in Far Cry, and I, I had some fun, and, and there was ups and downs. But it was because it, the world itself was so – just, I'm just craving that. It's almost like you're roguelike. I keep searching for the best open world that I can, like, just be in for a while, you know? Yeah. Um, so I can always go back to it. That's, that's a huge on my list. 
All right, excellent, excellent. Okay, that was your number one, and here is my number one. Now, I had literally no clue whatsoever what you were going to pick. Do you have any guesses at all about what I'm going to pick as number one? Well, now because there's no roguelike. Uh, Zero roguelikes on the list. It should be a roguelike, but it I don't think it is. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, my goodness. I kind of want to pick it. I don't know what it is now. Um, No, I don't know. I don't have no, no clue. No. no clue. Uh, I picked Black Book on Xbox. Oh, that, that you did really rave about that game. I did rave about this game. This is, I mean, so this is a very strange choice for a number of reasons, right? And I, I kind of went back and forth and I thought about it long and hard and I just yeah, really turned it over my head. But like, I think overall, this is probably the most fun I had with a game all year. And it's a long game. I think it's probably like 80 hours long. It's really? Long. It's that long? It's, it is, it is way longer than you think it is. I'll tell you, I'll tell you how this started out, right? I start playing Black Book. I get to the uh, the end of, of chapter one and I go, oh, that was a fun game. That was good times. And then it's like chapter two. And I'm like, oh, my God, I thought I was done with the game. And it's like, that's only chapter one. I totally surprised myself. I, and it went on for like, I think, like 16 more chapters. And I'm like, Whoa. holy shit. Um, so this is a narrative turn based deck builder, but it's also an RPG. It's also a visual novel. I mean, this was kickstarted a while ago, and full disclosure, I kickstarted it a couple years ago when it came out originally. Um, but it's just by a very small team, and they're taking a lot of Slavic myths, a lot of myths and folklore that we here in the West are not super familiar with. And so they're taking a lot of those things. And in some ways, this game also feels like a history lesson or, or like a like an educational game in some ways, because they tell you so much about the world, about all the myths and the legends. Like, if you get lost in the forest, what's a good way to get out of the forest? If you see... Uh, you know, a, a leshy or something. How do you know it's a leshy and not a human being? And, you know, if you are in the banya, which is like a little bathhouse for Russian people, and you hear um, some tapping in the fireplace, is that good or is it bad? You know, like you don't know. Like, so like there's all these myths and legends that we grew up with here in the West that are like totally unknown to us over there in the East. And I love learning about all that stuff. I found it was super fascinating, super educational to find this whole world of stuff that I just never really knew existed because culturally we just are not really exposed to it um so that part was really fascinating but the other part that i really liked too was again for me you'll sense a theme here like narrative story characters like that is like pretty much the most important thing for me when i play any game and i really feel like they nailed it now the main character of vasilisa is a girl whose spouse or fiance dies before the game even starts and she wants to resurrect him and in order to do that she needs to become a witch and it's not just like oh i want to you know, do spells and cast magic and collect mushrooms. It's like, no, you're going to be serving fucking Satan and you're going to yeah. be doing black deeds and you're going to be doing witch ass shit. And she does. Right. And she doesn't even blink at it because her spouse is so important to her. But the really beautiful part about this is it's not just like black and white. Like they treat witchcraft and they really get into it. I mean, all the mythology, like the demons and the devils and the rules and the rituals, but it's also hand in hand with Christianity, which also plays a very strong part in this region's belief systems. And on top of that, they also incorporate the belief systems of the people who were indigenous to the region. And they talk about like how Catholics moved in and they suppress this other religion. And how does this meet up with witchcraft? And what does that relationship have to this other relationship? I mean, it's just, it's so fascinating and the way that this story and these characters are able to navigate this world of what you think would be contradictory beliefs, but also good and bad existing in one person, um, you know, doing good acts, doing evil acts and how you decide to treat people, the things that you do, like another game where a lot of your choices matter. Um, 
again, when you get to the end of the game, it looks back and really takes into account how you've played the entire time. Were you a black magician? Were you a white magician? Were you kind to people? Did you lie? Did you steal? Like, what did you do? And so they look at like, you know, 80 hours of gameplay and just really take that into account. The other thing that really sold this for me, though, is like this story. It is a vast story that tells way more than I ever expected it to. And it fucking goes places I never expected it to. Like places that other games just don't go, especially not on console. I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything, but like the last five or six chapters, I just like no words. I'm just like, I can't Mm. believe they did this. I can't believe it went here. I can't believe we're doing this. This is incredible. Holy shit. Like I just like, like holy shit moment after holy shit moment of like, I've never played anything like this on a console before. I've never seen anybody try this before. Um, just really incredible stuff. And for me, it fucking landed. Like I loved all of it. Uh, multiple endings based on what you did and who you were. And I just felt like this ride, this journey was just like so incredible. I mean, it's rough, right? Like it's rough. It's not a triple A game, low budget game, small team, indie game. You know, yeah, there was bugs. Yeah, there was hiccups. Yeah, there was reused character models and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But like what they, they were, these guys were swinging for the fucking fences, man. Like they were swinging so hard. And as far as I'm concerned, I mean, it's a home run despite all the, you know, the low poly character models or the little hiccups here and there or the rough menus or whatever, like none of that shit matters because what they were going after, they absolutely achieved. And that was something that to me is like, is like a singular experience that I don't think I've ever had anywhere else. So, yeah. And that's a common theme, right? I think in both of our lists is like, if we have these kind of moments that like, um, they like uh, signal to us, you know, like, Hey, there's something going on here that, you know, is unique and is different. And yeah, I felt that just recently with gunk in, in a different type of way, but uh, if you look at both of our lists, by the way, you can kind of start seeing uh, us now. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. you have like the puzzly thing, you have the narrative thing and kind of like the world building. And then I have like action RPGs and open world games. Uh, it's kind of that's a lot of my list. I mean, it paints a pretty good picture as to our tastes and who we are as game players. That's for sure. For sure. We did it. All right, we did it, folks. That is our top 10 of 2021. I bet that if you made it this far and listened to our top 10, you're kind of wondering, what the fuck? Nothing you expected was up on this list where (laughs) these games come from. And I think that's an okay thing. I think that's a good thing. Hopefully, you will take away some game you haven't heard of. Maybe you're going to go pick up something that you wouldn't thought of buying otherwise. I mean, I think, I don't know about you, Carlos, but if anybody listens to our list and, and discovers something that they love because of us, I mean, that to me is a huge win. 100%. And now, uh, before we wrap the show, we did want to share um, some extra picks, not from us, but from our listeners. Uh, We put out the call here on the show. We also put out the call on Twitter to anybody who wanted to chip in. Tell us what your three favorite games of the year were and one stinker. And we got a pretty good number of responses. So we're going to just rapid fire, go through these really quickly. Uh, And again, thank you to everybody who contributed. Really appreciate all the the nominations here. So Carlos, you want to kick it off? We got a lot of replies. Uh, we're starting with AJ small, AJ I'm, small. Take it, take it away. I'm looking at the right list. Okay. AJ small, best games. Uh, oh, I don't even know how to say this. Nasia. I think it's, it's Nosha. G N O S I A. The friends of Ringo Ishikawa. Yeah. Uh, and Islanders. I know Islanders. Uh, worst was carnivores dinosaur hunt that sounds worst <laughs> that does sound pretty bad <laughs> next comes from owen smith best picks guardians of the galaxy okay we got that in correct correct 
Halo Infinite. All right. A lot of people loving that. Valheim, which I know you were not too cool on. I tried. He graced us with three worst instead of just one. Worst he picks as Deathloop. Agreed. Broken, embarrassing AI, which is interesting because I think a lot of people have it on their best, but here it's worst. Uh, he picks worst Battlefield 2042 for tons of missing features. And as we mentioned earlier, the GTA trilogy, quote unquote, remaster. And he says, I should add that my disappointment and displeasure surrounding the GTA trilogy is immense. It's not just the worst release of the year, but one of the most insulting releases of all time. It is quite literally unplayable. Agree. Yeah, they gave that port to like a mobile game company, I think, essentially. Um, if, the, if they think I might have that right. Anyways, it, they just messed up. They use AI learning for like changing some of the graphics. It was weird. Yeah, bad call. And the rain, you can't even see when you're driving in the rain. Um, Robson Seibel, is that right? Siebel? I'm not Siebel? sure. I think Siebel. it's Siebel. Okay. Uh, developer of Blackout, we both liked. Yeah, we liked that game. We reviewed it a couple oh, months ago. Oh, yes. Remember, okay. it's on Steam. It's kind of like a visual novel sort of thing. Totally Great cool. art style. Yeah. 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 Uh, the Forgotten City is one of the best, uh, which is that uh, standalone game version of the mod. Inscription. Yes, that's very, very good. Brad needs to play it still. I will. And new Pokemon Snap. Is that now or does did that come out recently? I mean, I guess. I <laughs> guess. I just think of Pokemon Snap I, as an older game. I didn't. I didn't guess. I didn't realize there was a new Pokemon Snap. That's kind of news to me. And I agree with Robson. Uh, the worst pick by miles, uh, twelve minutes, one hundred percent. There you go. Uh, Damiano Gurley uh, says the three best he played this year: Death's Door, Loot Hero. No, he means Loop Hero. That's not Loot Hero. Loot Hero is not a game. He means Loop Hero. I, I think, think he means Loop Hero. Yeah. That means Loop Hero. Strange Land, which I got a lot of love if you like point and click weird ones. And he says the worst is of Bird and Cage, but it's the kind of bad that one has to experience to fully understand. Ooh. Uh, CJ, uh, you know, of Game Critics fame. Yep. Yep. Uh, best, his best is Life is Strange True Colors. That's on a lot of people's list. I want to go back and play it now. What, what? You have Life is Strange? No, no, no. I was going to be like, man, Life is Strange is one of those, like, I need to just play any of them. I think I I, I own them all. Oh, wow. Yeah, you I don't should. think I've ever played them, but I think I own, like, every version and every DLC, but I, I have not played them. Oh, they are really good. Uh, it Takes Two, which on a lot of people's lists, mm-hmm. you want you want him to, you know, take I'm that off his list. in his general yeah. direction there, yeah. And Halo Infinite, uh, maybe tied with Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Uh, I've actually wanted to play that monkey ball game. That's actually a new monkey ball game that came out. Yeah, her is good. Worst, I also agree, CJ, D&D Dark Alliance was on my list. All right, next we have Dan Boyce. He says, best, Steel Assault. What is Steel Assault? I don't know. I don't know. Mech Assault? <laughs> no, either. Mech Assault game? No, I mean, it says, oh, I have to look it up. I'll look it up. It's I'll look it up. All right, I'll look it up. Shin Megami Tensei 3, the Nocturne HD remaster, because reasons. Uh, and Mayhem Brawl, again, another one I'm not familiar with. Uh, and he says, uh, as far as the worst, he says, while not the worst, Shin Megami Tensei 5 has disappointed me because of its platforming approach within Let's Level Design, and my hype for it wasn't even that high. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Steel Assault is a 16-bit style retro action platformer. Oh, okay. Yes, I know. Okay, I know what it. Yeah, I know yeah. of it, but I didn't. I never. Played I didn't it. play it either. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on, Ryan McCarthy, uh, best Rainbow Billy: The Curse of the Leviathan. I don't know that game. 
Uh, that's on my list to play. I, I've heard not? a lot of good things about it. Okay. Uh, Anodyne 2. I actually like that game. Uh, there's a console port, I guess, Return to Dust. Mm-hmm. And the game that I thought was just okay, he put on his list is, and I never can say it right, uh, Shun Yun Sword 7. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it was really interesting and great graphics. Worst is Chris Tales, and I kind of agree with that because really? I, I was kind of uh, down on that. I was excited for it, and we talked about it on the show. It uses that weird mechanic of time and stuff. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Uh, good old Mike Susky says the best are probably Deathloop, Returnal, and Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker, although I'm still working on the last one, he says. Worst is probably Skatebird, sadly, oh. and I agree. Skatebird, boy, so cute, and that game was horrible. They really, they really ruined that premise. That's too bad. I know. Uh, Fernando da Costa says um, best Eastward. Oh, and he gave scores as and well. And he gave scores too. Yeah, nine point five Eastward. I still have to play. Uh, thank you for reminding me. Near Replicant with all those numbers after it. Ten. Wow. Ten. Solid ten. Wow. Ender Lilies a nine. I played that one. We both played that. Yeah. Worst is hentai versus evil. Well, come on. With the name like that, he gave that a one. Wow, a one. All right. Yeah. I, I salute you, Fernando, for using the whole review score range. I, I like approve. the score. I approve. Maybe 2022 we bring it back, Brad. Maybe. <gasps> Let's Maybe. revisit we'll it. We'll uh, Dyland. Is that the game we both play? Do we play that? No, I don't think either one of us okay. played this. I think it's like kind of a farming game, but you're on like a small planet or something. Mm, gave it a three, and Jin Conception also didn't play at number one, and he gave it a one. one. Oh, as a bonus, most disappointing is Astria Ascending. I agree. That is a beautiful-looking RPG, and it's not fun. He gave that a five. That's a shame. That's a shame. Ali Arkani says the best, Psychonauts 2. It takes two. Ugh, another Ugh, ugh, another wow. gut punch for me there. And Chorus, I didn't mention Chorus because I didn't finish it, but that definitely is going to be like, it's probably going to be a game I bring up in 2022 after I really have a chance to fully sit down with it, but I really like what I saw of Chorus. Um, and he says the worst. Sit down, Carlos. He Mm-mm. says the worst. Mm-mm. He says it. Mm-mm. Cyberpunk. Mm-mm. Don't he accept that it. answer. I he don't accept that it. answer. <laughs> it's our podcast. It gets kicked. Um, also, I wonder where he played it because it, it does matter. Uh, at Nick's RIP. Is that like... Rest in peace, Knicks, the the basketball team. I would assume so. That's super sad. I'm from I'm from New York, and I did they all die? I don't know. Are no, they they're just always terrible. So he, oh, okay. They're probably saying that. Yeah. Uh, best is Force of Five. Okay, it was on my list. Okay. okay, Chorus. We just mentioned it. We like it. Another vote for Chorus. Yeah. Quake 2021 remaster. Didn't know it even happened. Me neither. Worst is Riders Republic. I know Lelena, friend of the show, will hate hearing that because she loved it. I also was disappointed. But I'm willing to go back to it. Okay, there we go. Next is David Jagno. He says the best is Before Your Eyes, which I've heard nothing but raves about, by the way. Hmm. I don't think either one of us played it, but Mm-mm. that was the game where you play it by blinking. You must have a webcam and you look oh, into the camera. Yeah. Uh, everybody that played it said it was just like fucking phenomenal. And in fact, it was so good that Alex Pracken, the guy who reviewed it for us at Game Critics, he, he was so taken with it. He bought me a copy, and he's like, you have to play this. I haven't played it, but he did buy me a copy, which I really appreciate. David also says he enjoyed Tales of Arise. There you go. Good pick. And Halo Infinite. There you go. Worst, he says, the worst is harder, uh, but I didn't click with Deathloop or Destruction All-Stars. Yeah, Deathloop me either. I don't know. I tried. Michael Baker says, best uh, Tainted Grail. 
There's a couple games we don't know on these lists, which is yeah, surprising. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Good man. Never heard of that one. Yeah, it's a good indie game. Uh, Lacuna. I feel like I know what that is, but I don't. That that one is a 2D detective game that just, oh, it just came out came, on Xbox. Uh, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. two weeks ago or something. Wow, like he's that. already putting it. I'm going to check that one out then. Uh, Worst Elite Dangerous Odyssey. And I didn't even know that came out. And it's not even close, he says. All right. All right. Stay away from that one. Next is Elijah Beam. He says, best Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Feel you there. Next, War Mongrels, which I don't even know what that is. War Mongrels. Do you know what I War Mongrels know. is? What, they're, they're, you, okay. Our fans are, and listeners, I should say, really, are um, surprising us. Like, yeah. Many we surprises. know all games, but I don't know some of these. Man. And also the best. He says, G.I. Joe, Operation Blackout. And man, I love you, Elijah, but I have to. I got to give you a little side eye on that one because I played that one and that was kind of terrible. But oh, hit me up on Twitter. We'll talk All about right. it. Worst, Age of Empires 4. And he literally says, oh, my gosh. <laughs> nice. Warmongers is a, kind of a turn-based uh, military action-y game. World War II, tactical hmm. gameplay, stealth elements. It looks gorgeous. Interesting. Okay. Uh, that so one. we don't know that one. Okay. Right. Uh, then we're on to Andy Robertson. Yeah, he runs uh, Taming Gaming, that uh, family-focused website out in the UK. Oh, he's cool. Awesome. Uh, Plague Tale Remastered, which you love, the Plague Tale. Love uh, it. Loop Hero, which we mentioned on the show. And Rainbow Billy again. That's Rainbow Billy again. Time. you got to play that one. Come play that one. Uh, don't really play games I don't like, so not sure what the worst one is, he said. Uh, Andy Robertson dropping a power move. He's like, I don't even play bad games, bitches. Yeah. I don't even got one. I don't even, <laughs> play, I, I don't even know what they are. Don't even know. I love it. Love it. Uh, Leo Croft says, best, Hades, the PS5 release. Okay. Resident Evil Village. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't talk about Resident Evil. I thought it was great. Did you play Resident Evil Village? I played it. We both played it. I didn't beat it. Um, I mean. You know me I, and Resident Evil. I'm not like yeah, the biggest fan. Yeah. I thought it was good, though. But yeah, it didn't make my list. But that's a, that's a good, solid one. Um, and Disco Elysium Final Cut. That's one of my wish I had more time to play it. So that definitely uh, looks like a cool game for sure. Uh, the worst returnal another game that we neither one of us really Ooh. talked about surprisingly i didn't i didn't mention it for the worst i didn't mention it for the best um he says i pick returnal not because it's bad but kind of as an fu to stubborn developers not knowing how to make their game better by making some easy tweaks and in that i 1000 percent agree that game could have easily been one of the best of the years if the developers didn't take such a fucking hard line and turn a cold shoulder to their fans yeah they had been a little more flexible and stopped playing the get good card, that would have been like one of the best games of the year, hands down. But they chose to flip the bird to their fans, and I just, yeah, I agree. I I'm, agree. I'm, I'm throwing that on my most disappointed list. Yeah. I really am. Because remember in the beginning, I was so high on it. I was like, yep. it's, so, it's so beautiful the way they do haptic feedback. Okay. I agree with you. Tim Van Ingen, um, best is Trials of Fire. What's Trials of Fire? Is. What is Trials of Fire? I don't know. You look it up. Monster Hunter up. Rise. Uh, Bowser's Fury, not not a lot of Nintendo games on our list. And worst, as much as it pains me to say, as a sweary fan, The Good Life, which I'm currently still playing through. Oh, man, that's rough. Trials of Fire is a tactical deck-building adventure set in a fantasy world on Ruin. It's on every system, and I literally have never heard of it. I don't even know what this game is. Okay. Wow. Interesting, interesting. But, yeah, The Good Life, you have to get back to that and try it still oh man i love sweary games i mean i probably will like it even if it's not good because i love sweary games and i love sweary but uh it hurts me hurts my heart to see it on someone's worst list uh let's see alex pracken who we just mentioned a moment ago 
he picks for his three best uh, Nier Replicant. Okay, a lot of love for Nier. Ratchet and Clank. I'm assuming he means the newest one, of course. Uh, what, Rift Apart, I think yep. it's called? And it could have, I mean, it was beautiful, but I didn't put it on my list. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five, which just came out recently. He says also, honorable mention for Before Your Eyes, which we just mentioned. And it takes two. Ugh, you're killing me, Alex. Come on, get out of here. Worst was Dragonborn, and I believe that was one of those new wave of games that are like um, aping like the Game Boy Advance style, where they're just like kind of making games with the limitations of the Game Boy Advance. And I got to just be really oh, honest yeah. with everybody. Developers, those games were great at the time. They do not hold up. Please stop making them. So. Yeah. Uh, Eric Manch says, best games, Guilty Gear Strive. I was on a lot of people's lists. Revitalizing the series fgc fighting game community fighting game community see i don't even know the community so i don't know that acronym uh shimmy game tensei five uh, a lot of people liked it brilliant yeah. refinement of the series inscription straight up brilliant i agree most disappointing returnal i also agree he also says wouldn't really call it outright bad it just didn't really click with me the way i hoped well i also say it, they need to stop that good good bullshit exactly exactly next one comes from our friend lelena lelena Lelena, and she says, best, Psychonauts 2. The first is my favorite game of all time, and the second one delivered on my hopes. I always love when that happens. Uh, two, Atelier Ryza 2. I love that synthesis loop and slice of life vibes. All right, cool. Third, Samire, which I played for a little bit. I thought it was quite good also. She said it stuck with me, made me cry, made me very emotional, yet it was still sweet and beautiful. And she did not choose any worst of the year. Well, that's okay. And Keeping also, it positive. I tried that Ryza game so hard. I was like, I want to get into it. But the potion crafting, even though I like potion craft, at Trashylvania says best is Disco Elysium Final Cut, uh, Forza Horizon 5, good. And another game we don't know, or at least I don't, Fatum Batula? I think it's a horror game. I think he told me about it. I think it's a really obscure um, horror game. I got I to gotta check. Unsighted is super good and may dethrone the number three spot soon. This is kind of an honorable mention. Uh, the worst is maybe Ease 9, uh, and they're wrong. I'm sorry. That's crazy. He, oh, wait, I was looking it up. Did he pick Ease 9? Yes. Oh, wow. He... <laughs> that's that's wrong. I mean, it's just wrong. It's fine. That's crazy. That's Not because crazy. it's bad, just incredibly disappointing after enjoying 8 so much. Um was a boring ass world. I don't. I'm gonna tr- challenge and say maybe play it longer because I, it gets way different. Like you don't you don't stay on the planet. <laughs> Lots of stuff happens. So interesting. Okay. I looked up. I looked up Fatum Batula. Uh, it is a horror game. Uh, it says an atmospheric exploration game with light puzzle elements, and the graphics are described as something from like 2008 or later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love I love that description. Uh, it's like $6 on the Switch. I'll have to check that out. Uh, next, we have Matt Sainsbury. He says, best games would be Blue Reflection, Second Light, The Caligula Effect, and another vote for Sumire. A lot of people love that one. Mm. Uh, he says, the worst game would be Skatebird, Skatebird, and also Skatebird. <laughs> yeah, Skatebird gets it. <laughs> oh, Skatebird. Um, at Pass Them Sticks, best, yes. best three played in 2021 is Halo Infinite, uh, Yakuza 5, First time okay. mention on the list. Right. 13 Sentinels. All right. And honorable mentions, Life is Strange True Colors. I know I got to play it. And Hades. Uh, worst is Dead Space, Dead Space 3. That came out now? Did that get a re-release or something? Dead Space 3, that seems like a very random pick. It, it also, uh, did we say that you could just also play it this year? I, I mean, think? I said we didn't care. I mean, so yeah, maybe he just is, is 
doing his backlog or something. And then dishonorable mention, which is funny. Uh, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistant Tactics. That's a tactics game with Dark oh, Crystal. Yeah, I was going to check into that because I really love the Dark Crystal, but I didn't hear much about it, so I guess I guess there's a reason why. Uh, next, we have at Tech Nasty. Follow him. He's uh, Check him out on Twitter. He's a good guy. He says, best, Ratchet & Clank, A Rift Apart, Metroid Dread, mm. Deathloop, mm. and the worst is Sonic Colors Ultimate. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. They're making a new Sonic game at some point. Uh, I don't know what that game is. Uh, so there, there's always a new Sonic game in development, no matter what time of the year it is. There's always there's always another one. Yeah. Uh, Costas Talidoros. Yep. Talidoros. Uh, best is SnowRunner. Ooh, that's a tough game. <laughs> uh, that's like a, a war of attrition type of game. Uh, Grim Dawn, which actually just got a re-release on console. I think all of the, the oh yeah edition. yeah. That just came out on console. That's right. It's a really good pick. It's really fun. I did play the beginning of it. Uh, okay. And then nine persons, nine hours, nine doors for the Vita, <laughs> which is an old game, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I, I know that That's that game very well. Yeah. So um, a good pick. They good just pick. played it this year. And can't really name a worse game. Good. That's All fine. right. Cool. Uh, let's see. Getting close to the end here. Uh, we have Ryan Pascal. He picks best Doki Doki Literature Club. I played that this year for sure. That's good unpacking which neither one of us picked no but we liked it we liked it tales of arise another vote for tales uh and for the worst he picks pathfinder kingmaker which is surprising to me i thought a lot of people liked that one but maybe not werewolf the apocalypse earthblood which i played and boy that was a stinker i agree with you ryan and the uh the whipping boy of the show dungeons and dragons dark alliance yeah a lot of people not liking that one makes sense and lastly uh upsello says best hitman 3 capping a stellar trilogy death loop and not as much of a puzzle as i would have hoped but an empowering shooter interesting they said empowering because i did not get that that was that was your main problem with that it was, it. It was it did not feel empowering. Problem. uh and outer wilds echoes of the eye i didn't know that great dlc came out uh this year but if it did uh that's outer wilds is amazing and not the worst but disappointed with art of rally a game i liked on the show i thought it would be more arcade uh, it is more of a simulation type game, and I actually like it for that. But all right, all right, there we go. Thank you to everyone who contributed. Really, really appreciate your feedback. And that is it for this show. We are basically yeah. putting a bow on 2021. We did it, Carlos. We did it. We did it. Cheers. We did it, Louis Simos. We did it. Hooray! All right, excellent. Well, that is the that's a basic wrap up. I mean, we're going to be back next week. We're going to keep doing the show. Uh, we're not going to take a week off. But that's kind of it for 2021. So I guess we'll see where the next couple weeks take us. Uh, but for now, uh, yeah, good show, man. Good show. I guess all that's left to do is share our socials. So for everybody listening, if you've got thoughts, feedback, comments on our top 10, on our, on our awards, on anything else, we'd love to hear about it. Hit us up. So video games podcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at so video games. We're also on TikTok, So video games podcast, but you can reach us individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Come on over to TikTok and join my comedy. I make comedy sketches on TikTok. It's Carlos Rodella, R-O-D-E-L-A. That's my name, Carlos Rodella. And then also YouTube.com slash a lot of things. There we go. And as for me, same as you, it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. Always no O's. You can find me on Twitter, find me on Instagram. And this is going to do it for episode 264, a.k.a. Game of the Year, a.k.a. 2021. Thank you all so much for joining us here 
on the So Many Games podcast, and we will see you next Friday or whenever you're listening. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos. I'm tired. I have no voice left. <laughs>